It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. You can talk about whatever is important to you or whatever's on your mind, whatever you happen to want to talk about. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And of course, we also have stuff to talk about here, like UFOs. That's the big thing. I brought in show proper about this yesterday, but we didn't really get into it because there was other stuff to talk about. But like the idea is fascinating. Of course, this has been telegraphed. If you've been paying attention, this UFO thing has been telegraphed for at least... Two years, maybe longer. And of course, you got uh, conspiracy theorists who look at talk about Project Blue Beam and things along those lines. But the mainstream media, uh, the government, the whatever you want to call the apparatus that controls the power in the world, they have been very clearly laying the groundwork to prepare just the people in the United States for the reality of extraterrestrial life. I don't know how else to look at it between the UFOs that were being testified about by the Pentagon, by the U.S. Navy, by the U.S. Air Force. The ones that were supposedly shot down in Canada and then we just stopped hearing about it in like January. I don't remember those. It was during the same exact time as the quote unquote Chinese air balloon. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, it was like all in the same week. There's definitely been a lot of them over the last few years. A number of hearings before Congress in regard to UFOs and Various military people coming out and saying, hey, look, we study the skies for a living. Like, that's what you pay us to do. And we don't know what these things are. We don't think they came from Earth or we don't think humans crafted them or whatever. Some of them say we think they came from other dimensions. Some of them from outer space. They don't know. Right. No, it's just here's something flying around in our airspace in in, in our humans airspace. I mean, and we don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think the first recorded UFO sighting was in the 50s, right? And for, you know... It depends on what you mean by recorded, because, like, there's... Well, yeah, I mean, there's, like, cave paintings and stuff, but I guess, like, modern day, that was, Was that the one in New Hampshire? Was that New Hampshire? There was... I know there was one in New Hampshire, but... Yeah, it was, like, a man and woman, like, husband and wife. I don't know what year that was, though. For some reason, I thought there was another one that was out west. Hmm. But I don't know, like, whatever, which one was the first one. But obviously, you know, when that first started happening, it was w- like, you know, the government yeah. or what was trying to discredit it. Like, no, these people are crazy. So it's just so interesting to me that now recently within the past two years, like you mentioned, it's, you know, I mean, Biden just mentioned it so nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, UFOs, whatever. It's like, what? You-, you guys have been trying to discredit this for the past 70 years at least right. and now all of a sudden it's just like oh obviously there's aliens well it's difficult to believe them right it's in, in any capacity it's difficult to believe them and like yes they they seem to have been lying about the existence of extraterrestrials at least since roswell and mm-hmm. i i don't know what happened at roswell but for those who don't know and the, the story about roswell is something crashed out there in the desert and the, I think it was the county sheriff went to investigate because one of the neighbors called in and was like, hey, something fell from the sky out here. And it appears that there's somebody alive out here. Hmm. So the sheriff went out there. And if I remember correctly, the sheriff testified to having seen a body or whatever. But anyway, they were all like, this is an extraterrestrial craft. We found a UFO, guys. This is the U.S. military. One of the branches came out and said that, if I remember correctly. And I may not remember correctly, and I didn't research as like you would expect someone, a professional, to have done. 
And then they came out the very next day and said, oh, no, wait, we were wrong, guys. That wasn't a UFO. Mm-hmm. That was a weather balloon. A weather so, balloon and that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking of. So that happened in 1947. Yes. And that's completely crazy. Like, how do you go from UFO to weather balloon in the spent? Like, when they said it was a UFO, they said that with, like, conviction, right? Yeah. Like, they weren't somewhat unsure. They're like, this is a UFO. We got a UFO. And then there was other reports about people finding a body that got vanished. And it's just, we don't know what happened at Roswell, but that's the earliest example I can think of where the United States started lying. And mm-hmm. as soon as, as soon as nuclear technology began developing from what I've heard of these people who watch, who allegedly watch extraterrestrial crafts for a living, they seem to be drawn toward nuclear facilities for whatever reason. Oh yeah. And Bigfoot's too. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and lots then, of people who work there uh, report seeing them in the CTV cameras or whatever they're called, the cameras. Yeah, and they don't seem to care whether something is water or atmosphere or air. And that's one of the things that I find most fascinating about some and most compelling about some of these videos is that they treat water in exactly the same way as, you know, we would expect to treat air as though it's not there. Now, you know that if you're running through, running along the ground, you're going to run at your normal pace. But if you're running through water, you're going to run significantly slower. Aircraft faces the same problem, or some of them get crushed by the pressure, but that's a different point. But they, you know, it slows you down. But these videos, some of which I've seen, and some of which you can find out there on the internet that appear to be legitimate, and the U.S. government is like, yep, this video is legitimate. They don't seem to matter whether they're traveling through water or the atmosphere. It's Which all- would make sense if they were coming from a place where their atmosphere is totally different and they yeah. just see ours as something that they studied and figured out how to travel through. In other news, though, also coming up, the United States Supreme Court has allowed the IRS to carry on warrantless searches of your data. But in happier news, listening to heavy metal helps relieve stress. And I totally believe that. I believe that, too. I've also got a story about Pink Floyd that I want to talk about because, you know, Pink Floyd was my favorite band through most of my life. They they lost that spot to A Perfect Circle, and then they lost that spot to Butcher Babies. But through most of my life, my favorite band was Pink Floyd. I followed their work very, very closely. And David Gilmore's probably the single biggest guitar inspiration that I have. So I, I'm very familiar with the album, the movie, The Wall, and the live performances that came with it. And Roger Waters, during this performance, is required to play an authoritarian dictator, effectively. Yeah, it's like the whole point of the album. And he uses dictator authoritarian images, right? With like red and black logos. And it's, it's very evil looking, which is by design. So anyway, he did this at a concert in, I think, Germany. And got banned from performing in Germany because of it, even though there was no actual Nazi imagery in the performance. Yeah, it was just close enough. And the most ironic part about that whole thing is he's, you know, they've performed The Wall in Berlin, Yeah, you know, before. But you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do so many different Nazi things in Germany. It's yeah, they're very-, very strict about it over there for obvious reasons. Insensitive about it. Also, the war on gays has returned, but I want to get into this UFO story first because that's the one I find most fascinating that's going around today because intelligence officials say that the United States has retrieved craft of non-human origins. And this isn't entirely new, right? This goes back to what we were just talking about with Roswell and the allegations, but this is 
a former intelligence official telling Congress straight up. Now, like, you have to be committed to, like, it's one thing for these astronauts to go, I, you know, I'm sick of only making $80,000 a year, whatever. I'm going to write a book about how NASA's covering up aliens, and mm-hmm. I'm going to make a few million dollars and retire. Hmm. That's one thing. But to testify before Congress, well, you're committing perjury if hmm. you're lying. You can lie in a book, and no one's really going to care for the most part. But you can't lie to Congress. That's a crime. So when a former intelligence official comes out and says, oh, yeah, hey, guys, to Congress, we have these extraterrestrial crafts, that's worth a lot more to me than some astronaut writing a book. So this former intelligence official turned whistleblower has given Congress the, and the intelligence community inspector general extensive classified information about covert programs that he says possess retrieved intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. And these things are flying around the skies throughout the world, not just the United States. And as I've heard, it's difficult to know what to believe, but the United States military has a policy of not engaging these crafts and to just sort of ignore them because every time they tried to engage them, it was just painfully clear very quickly that the U.S. military was like out completely outmatched, as you would expect, like, It can just vanish if it wants to. The information that this whistleblower says has been illegally withheld from Congress, and he filed a complaint alleging that he suffered illegal retaliation for his confidential disclosures, reported here, thedebrief.org, for the first time. Other intelligence officials, both active and retired, with knowledge of these programs through their work in various agencies, have independently provided similar corroborating information both on and off the record. So it's not just one whistleblower here. It's multiple whistleblowers. Have either of you read the book Project Bluebeam? No, I have no, not. I know basically what it is. It's like, oh, the government's going to come out with... I mean, I totally believe it. I'm not trying to make fun of it. Um, I mean, I would totally believe it. I don't believe it without right. having proof. But um, it basically is like the government has the technology to kind of like make a hologram in the, in the sky that looks very real. And therefore, they're going to show us that and tell us it's aliens and then make us uh, do things like the uh, basically 9-11, like, oh, you have to give us more of your freedoms away so we can protect you from the alien terrorists. Sort of. But one of the things that the people who you know promote Project Bluebeam as something to be concerned about to gloss over is the fact that the entire thing was apocalyptic and Christian motivated. The entire thing is like, this is how the Antichrist is going to come back. And it, it very much comes at it from that perspective that. It's not the government that's the problem here. It's the hmm. devil. And the devil is doing all of this. The devil's creating these holograms and misleading people. The government, I mean, the Antichrist would need the government. Well, yeah, absolutely. I was about to say they pretty much are. But yeah. when, I mean, when a Christian writes a book about an alien invasion actually being demons that are, you know, taking over the world through the, with the Antichrist, I, I give it a lot more skepticism than I would just a book of someone like, hey guys, the government's going to fake an alien invasion. To me, the two things aren't equally probable, right? Oh, and you're saying that Project Bluebeam is just talking about the government. No, no I didn't Project know- Bluebeam is entirely about Christianity mm-hmm. and the apocalypse and a misreading of the book of Revelation that suggests that all of this is going to happen in our lifetimes versus having already happened in like you know 200 CE. Mm-hmm. So that that's what Project Bluebeam is, at least what I've read. And I didn't read it completely because I skimmed it because it became very clear to me that this was a this was a Christian document. It was like left behind, but written as though they thought it was nonfiction. But Project Bluebeam, wasn't it the actual name of an actual government project, or was it just the name of this book? It was, as far as I know, it was only the name of the book. Oh. 
And, you know, I don't think he, I think he attested that it was the name of a secret government project, but didn't provide any evidence to substantiate that, which, you know, isn't the worst thing. You know, the, these whistleblowers who go before Congress and say, look, the government has aircrafts, they, they don't have evidence either. It's sometimes okay to believe things when people don't have evidence. But when someone comes along and they write a book and like, the Antichrist is coming, he's going to take over the world, and he's going to use the U.S. government, they're going to fake an alien invasion in order to justify their power grab and make everyone get the mark of the beast. That requires a little bit more evidence than, I mean, and these UFO things, they do come with video evidence and stuff like that. So, so there is some of that. So this whistleblower, anyway, his name is David Grush. He's 36, a decor. I don't care about David his- Koresh? Grush. Grush. No, I'm joking. And I learned recently that the name Koresh was a corruption of Cyrus, hmm. and that that was the reason that he took those two names. And I don't remember the significance of the name Cyrus, but because it had something David to do with Babylon. The king was Cyrus that David got, I don't know, David did something with that. Um, no, that I don't it? know. It's like Xerxes and Cyrus, I think they're the same person. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's got some sort of biblical I can be totally significance, and I don't wrong, remember what it was. But, but I think that King David did something with King Cyrus. I don't know. I what. think that I mean I think that's right, and I just don't remember what it was. And that was why he chose the name Koresh hmm. as a corruption of Cyrus. And I didn't know that until very recently. I just assumed it was the dude's name, right? But Me too. No, it wasn't. It was his. That's his Jesus name. Hmm. The task force that they're talking about that we're now being. Talked to, uh, revealed to, revealed about, I don't know what I'm trying to say. The task force that they're discussing that was doing all of these things, there we go, was established to investigate what were once called unidentified flying objects, but now they're calling UAPs unidentified anomalous phenomena. I I forgot that they changed it. It's not any better. Yeah, it's like, just keep a UFO. That's the thing. What's the point of even changing it? Yeah, everyone knows what UFO is. Yeah. I... I guess they thought that if they called it something else, they could get away from some of the stigma associated hmm. with... That's probably, probably what it is. I don't know. It Did it work? Didn't, no, it didn't. Yeah. And no one says UAPs, right? I mean, we're still I talking about UFOs here. That was a thing at all. I yeah. forgot. The task force was led by the Department of the Navy, blah, blah, blah. It has since been reorganized and expanded into the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Good Lord, the government loves their bureaucracies, man. So let me, I, I skipped over a lot of this because it's just a lot of names for offices and crap, but check it out. The task force was led by the Department of the Navy under the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, but it has since been reorganized and expanded into the all-domain anomaly resolution office. My dad said that King David was way before King Cyrus. I just, I just like drew a, a thing in my head together because you said like, Oh, that guy's uh, last name meant Cyrus. And I was like, oh, David and Cyrus, they have something to do together. I don't know. I just like made that up on accident. Well, well, I'm Cy- glad you were fact checked. Well, so. Cyrus yeah. does have biblical <laughs> significance. I just don't yeah. know what it is. And that was why he ch- took the name Koresh. He was a king, but he was like way after David, apparently. Okay. So Grush said that the recoveries of partial fragments through and up to intact vehicles have been made for decades. So I hate the way they said that. Bruce Grush said that the recoveries of partial fragments of unidentified flying objects have been brought about for decades through the present day. Good God, did they hire art? Did they have artificial intelligence write that sentence? I can't process what it's even saying. Analysis has determined that the objects retrieved are of exotic origin, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown. 
based on the vehicle morphologies and the material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. All Greek to me. Yeah. But it's this guy who studies this crap for a living says these are not made by humans. In filing his complaint, Grush is represented by a lawyer who served as the original, the it's more crap we don't care about. In accordance with protocols, Grush provided the Defense Office, oh, good Lord, more of these titles, the Defense Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review at the Department of Defense is the name of this particular office. With Bureaucrats. The, yes, with the information that he intended to, to disclose, Grusha's disclosures and those of non-public witnesses under new protective provisions of the latest defense appropriations bill, which, like, the U.S. military does all this stuff, and they don't apparently tell Congress about it. And Congress's job, sort of, is to be told about this stuff that the military is doing. But why? Like, even when he was, at the beginning, when you were saying he was denied the ability to talk to Congress about it, I was like, but what's, what, what's there to gain from talking to Congress about it? I, I don't think there's any, well... I, I don't know. Is it like effectively like going public? That's like I mean, the only way to go public or something? Because I can't see why you'd want to talk to those idiots. I mean, that's certainly one way of going public, but I don't think it's it's the only way. But he's he's going to get more credibility if he talks to Congress versus just writing a book about it, right? Mm, Which yeah. Is yeah, or going to the media. Yeah, the, and those are really the only options he has here. And you know, in the mythology of these people, where they believe that the government is this great and wondrous thing, you know, they they want to tattletale to the government. Hey, these people over here are doing something bad. Yeah, you know? that that's probably what it is. He probably thinks like, oh, they're going to do something about this if I tell Congress. They'll do something about it. I suspect that's what he was thinking. And of course, I mean, they. They seem to be trying to, for whatever reason, I mean, not for whatever reason, for in their own defense, under new protective provisions of the latest defense appropriations bill. So they wrote in the DA, the, Depart- the defense appropriations bills that they release every year, the latest one includes div- provisions designed to protect whistleblowers from, you know, retaliation and crap like that. But if you're... It didn't seem to do this guy any good because he's been hiding this for years. And there's countless reports of, quote, the men in black and stuff visiting people. And who knows what parts of this are made up and what parts aren't. We're probably never going to know. For many decades, the Air Force carried out a disinformation campaign to discredit reported sightings of unexplained objects. Now, with two public hearings and many classified briefings under its belt, Congress is asking for answers. Carl Nell, a recently retired Army colonel, blah, 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 characterizes Grush as beyond reproach. And that seems to be all they had to say. They, so they asked some Army colonel what his thoughts were about this, this guy who exposed the truth, allegedly. And he's like, well, he, he's horrible. He's beyond reproach. Because, of course, that's what a U.S. Army colonel would think, right? Mm. This guy, they, they think the same thing of Edward Snowden and mm-hmm. Julian Assange. Like, it's their job to protect the state and the status quo and to be angry at anyone who reveals the state's secrets, especially military secrets. They're all about that crap. Yeah, I feel pretty sad about that, like, 20-year-old who's going to prison forever for putting something in a chat server. Oh, is he? I don't know if it's prison forever, but he's definitely in big trouble. Yeah, and that was the—I've already forgotten his name. It's a crazy name, so I forgot. He was bragging on a Discord server about having military clearance or something. No, that he he somehow knew information that there were American boots on the ground in Ukraine. It feels like that kid was set up. Either way, that's a dumb thing to do. It's a dumb thing to do, but it's really sad to, like— Yeah, no, it is sad because you should be able to say whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't think the government should be allowed to have secrets. Right. Me no. either. So that's where I come from. But down it's on for that. your safety. It's to protect. You know, it's to protect the greatest country in the world. I don't for think your own good. they need secrets in order to protect me. I know they think they do, but that's just because they it's like to protect having themselves. secrets. It's not to protect us. A number of well-placed current and former officials have shared detailed information with me regarding this alleged program, said Christopher Mellon, who spent nearly 20 years in the U.S. intelligence community. However, it's a delicate matter. Getting, these potentially explosive, getting this potentially explosive information into the right hands for validation. This is made harder by the fact that, rightly or wrongly, a number of potential sources do not trust the leadership of the all-domain anomaly. Res- Good God. Why do they have to include the full names of all of these bureaucracies every single time? The all-domain anomaly resolution office established by Congress. Like, dude, yeah, what does I, that even mean? Yeah, it, it, that, those are the people that were established by Congress to research this stuff or to, to catalog it and keep records of all of the investigations into UFOs. I was just scanning this for like keywords and stuff. This next paragraph, I swear to God, it's half keywords. The United States intelligence community with a top secret clearance who currently works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center where the analysis of unidentified aerial phenomena has been his focus. Previously, he had experience serving private aerospace, the Department of Defense, special directive task forces like, dude, do they know how little I care about this crap? I can't even I want to talk about this. This is a fascinating subject, right? Like this dude went before Congress and said, hey, yeah. we, they have alien air, aircrafts over here and like. They're trying to reverse engineer them and stuff. And instead, from what we what we get from debrief is just a rambling list of government organizations that no yeah. one gives a damn about. Yeah, I that mean, is real information. I don't. It's, it just feels like fluff. I recognize Christopher Mellon. I don't know why. So I looked up his name and I couldn't find anything. But I don't know if I find anything, I'll tell you. Where is this article from? Just out of curiosity, that was from debrief. Oh, but okay. I mean, I've closed out of it because it was just it was completely useless to me from. The perspective of someone who is fascinated by this topic and wants to learn about it and talk about it. That article was one of the worst things I've ever read. I had to skip like half of that article as I was going through it. And there was still just constant jargon jargon being thrown at me. It was absolutely horrible. 603-283-6160. But what do you think? Are aliens already here? Are they coming? Is it all a lie by the government? 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. As always, you are invited to take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160 if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up just over a week, right? Like I have one more week here on the show, in the studio at least, before I'm at ForkFest uh, 2023. Looking forward to that. It's going to be fantastic. There's no ticket costs. ForkFest starts on June the 15th, or mm-hmm. at least that's when I'm going up. Well, yes, ForkFest starts on June the 15th, but you don't have to go up then. Most people do prefer to go up the weekend early, and I'm going up that Thursday so I can be set up and all of that great stuff. You know, see all of these people that I only get to see once a year. It's a fantastic experience. It's June the 15th through the 18th, and then the Porcupine Freedom Festival kicks off. And of course, there we'll be recording Free Talk Live and, you know, doing shows from there and all of that stuff. So don't worry, not going anywhere yet. But we will continue doing the show, and I mean, I, I haven't decided, like, like after Park Fest, right, like, 
literally two days after Porkfest, I have to go to prison. So I and I do have that Monday, and I'm always on the show on Monday night. So it depends on where I'm going to be stationed at. Yeah, I say stationed where I'm going to be imprisoned at on whether I'm not on whether I'm going to be on the show that Monday night or just like calling in or doing it you know, remotely if that's possible. I I don't know, right? Like if. If they put me in prison in somewhere like Oregon or California or something, then I have two options of getting a, a plane ticket out there and arriving there. Um, That'd be so you crazy. You have to buy your own plane ticket? Well, the alternative is to be handcuffed inside of a bus for 12 hours a day oh. over the course of weeks while yeah. they slowly transport me there. Oh, so, wow. yeah. all That's things. Creepy. That was something I had never thought about. Yeah, me either. I would never. Yeah, I'd. No, uh, someone within the system made me aware of this. That, you know, it, it, my options are going to be to have them take me there or to take myself there of my own accord. And like between those two things, the the bus for 12 hours a day, and then you end up having to wait a week in Colorado or whatever in some local gringy county tail while you wait on some other bus to arrive to take you the rest of the journey. Just, it sounds like an absolutely miserable experience. And there's no, I mean, the judge said, Hey, put Aria somewhere in new England, but what the judge says doesn't matter. So who decides this? The the Bureau of Prisons. Oh. Yeah, the judge does... And there's no accountability, right? This is what surprised me a lot. But the judge said, well, yes, but it's not like the judge is going to follow up to make sure they did the right thing. And even if if they... The judge did follow up, all they have to say is, well, look, we, we looked at things and we decided that... You know, this prison in Colorado was the best fit for Aria, so that's where we that's where we put her. And what's the judge gonna do about it? Grant me freedom because he doesn't like where I was in prison? No, I mean that'd be All right, good. That checks out for me, and that's going to be it. So, and of course, I don't have any further updates. Every single day, someone asks me, "Do you have any updates yet?" And I, I look at the timer I have, where I think it clicked down to nineteen full days remaining, and then a number of hours a little bit while ago, and like. I wish I had information. The obvious question that people are asking me is, are you going to go to a men's prison or a women's prison? Well, I don't know. It's the and government. when will you find that out? Like right before? Pretty much right before, yeah. Like I, an hour before? No, at some point during, uh, during Porkfest, right? Yay, because that's what I want to The U.S. Marshals will contact me. Okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> no, it, uh, you're right. And they will do this, thankfully, Via telephone. Okay. So I don't have to worry about the U.S. Marshals showing up to Port yeah, Fest. Buzz Although, kill. Yeah, that, that would be amusing in itself. But no, that's not. Apparently, they yeah, they don't want to do that. No. And I, I, I heard this. I was like, look, man, to my attorney, can, can we skip that part and like not have that happen? Can we instead just they call you? Yeah, and you call me, but no, that's not the way it works. Uh, the attorney's pretty much removed from the equation entirely at this point. Yeah, right? like there's nothing further he can do. No. So, anyway, no, no new information, and I don't expect any new information. It's the government. They're they're not in a hurry to do anything. They were given two months to do this, and they're going to wait until the last minute, and that's when they're going to do it, and they're going to make a rash decision. They don't care. They're going to do whatever is easiest and most convenient for them. Because they're government employees and they don't have to do anything except the minimum. And that's what they're going to do. If it's easiest for them to host me here in a women's prison, then that's what they'll do. If it's easier to throw me in Alaska in a men's prison, then that's what they'll do. They don't really care. Anyway, 
That's that's right after Pork Fest. Before that, though, I do get to hang out with all of the libertarians at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and that's going to make this a very weird experience for me, right? That's why I'm going to have the clock down timer there to sort of as a conversation starter pillar. What's that counting down to? When I go to federal prison, that's what that's that counting down timer to. <laughs> would make me so anxious if I were you. It probably will go away once it gets down to like less than a week. I know at the moment it's it's so vague like 19 days remaining it's not a lot right and i know that's not a lot but still it's that's enough where it doesn't yeah occupy any part of my brain space but once i look over there and i see it's like five days remaining or four days remaining at that point i might have to take a hammer to it yeah i don't know but anyway, that might be a fun little ritual though smashing it yeah <laughs> So come hang out with me at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You might not get another chance to until, well, that's not true. I expect, you know, I'm sentenced to eight months in federal prison. and No, 18. That's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. I'm, I was sentenced to 18 months in federal prison. And initially what we heard from the federal system was an 85% rule or something to that effect. And we expected me to be in prison for 12 to 15 months. Or I don't remember the exact number. Something like 16 months-ish of the 18 months in prison. But then we learned about the first step act that was passed in, I think 2022 and some other things that the government has done to purportedly make it easier for someone to transition back into society. And it looked like based on that information, I was going to spend closer to like six to nine months in prison. And then an additional four to six months in a halfway house or more likely under house arrest in in my own house, which would have been a lot better, but Everything I've been hearing since and reading since, it's it's very, there. there's no hard information. They're going to do what they want to do. And you're going to find different people saying different things based on their own personal experiences. And this is because it's all arbitrary. If they if they like you and you're, and you're convenient, they want you out of their hair, then yes, they'll get you out after six months and send you to house arrest if that's convenient for them. But if they don't really care, then yeah, you're going to spend 12 to 15 months in there or 18 months in there. So it's, it varies widely from one person to another because there's the first step act was designed to make it a little more consistent for a person to only serve part of their sentence and then do the rest in house arrest or in a halfway house. Does that have something to do with COVID? Cause it seems like they were like letting a lot of people out of prison during COVID. There was that too, but I think that was state prisons. Hmm. If I remember correctly. But I, I it would ju- make sense. It's like if you if you really want to commit to this idea that people being around each other is going to spread a deadly disease, then at least get some people out of prison who don't really need to be there. Yeah, I, I don't expect that to do me any favors, though. Kind of over. Yeah, but that's what I have to look forward to. So come hang out with me at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and at Fork Fest June the 15th through June the 18th at Rogers Campground. In the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire, I, I'm looking forward to it. My dog is looking forward to it. She doesn't know oh, it yeah. yet. But like every year, well, I've only, this will be her third year at Porkfest, but like every year I take my cats and they just hang out in the hotel room and everyone knows that's my hotel room because it's the one with the cats in the window. And like, that's very clearly Aria's hotel room. And my dog, she just absolutely loves it. She's super friendly. She loves everyone. Mm-hmm. So this is like an experience. This is why she's so social and so friendly is because the day after I got her, she was at Porkfest. Well, the day after. I thought it was like the, you, uh, the week before you got her or something like that. No, I what got her on, I think it was a June the 19th. It was a Sunday night. And the very next day, 
was the Monday that was the start of Porkfest. So you'll have had her for two years this month? Uh, no, the, uh, this will be three years, I think. Hold on. Two full years. This is starting year number three. Yes. Yeah. 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 And she, she's gotten so good. Like, I don't even take a leash when I walk her anymore. I just say, all right, let's go. And she just trots along beside me. She's super, and I live on the highway, so that's like risky. But she's really good and really smart. So anyway, 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on that, I'm sure the subject of federal prison won't possibly come up again. But anyway, the point I was getting at was that it's going to make that pork fest that much more memorable for me, right? Which... This whole month has been that way where like little things that I normally don't give any thought about. I find myself like trying to mentally capture yeah, because I'm going to need it to get me through the miserable experience that will be 18 months in prison. But let's go to the phones because, again, we are a Collins show. 603-283-6160. We have Major Payne on the line from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, there you go. Hey, what's on your well, mind tonight? I hope, this, I hope this doesn't happen to you as it happened to me. I want to bump in on the aliens, too, before we're all done. But anyway, um, I got shanghai by the feds a while back. And I had, like, I don't know, four or $5,000 in my pocket. Well, they don't like it when you got a bunch of commissary money. They want you to be dependent on them. So I only had probably... I think I did nine months once, and then I got probation. And then they had such an accurate piss test that I violated probation by having a beer four days later. So I'm curious about this, and I haven't looked into it. Like, the initial process of getting money into commissary seems like it's probably a bit difficult because you need that money to get stamps and, you know, write letters and to contact people and all of that crap. But... You don't want to borrow that. You don't want to borrow a stamp for someone in prison. You don't want to borrow anything from anyone in prison. So are you no, allowed you to take in like 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever with you and have that put on your commissary? Uh, yes, but the problem is what they did to me is they make like $1,700, $1,800 every time they transport you from one prison to another. Oh, they make a lot of money with that and and with uh, the commissary thing in general. Um, th- there was an article that I wanted to get into like a year ago, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you're it was a year ago. you not. No, I'm, so just, they, I'm just fleshing out what you're saying because it, I thought we were having a I conversation. I just had a question about it yeah. because I never heard that. I'm trying to tell you what I expect is going to be your situation. What they do is they transport you about every two, three months, so your commissary money never, ever catches up with you. Or if it does, it's for a couple weeks, and they bump you out again. That's the first... I I think I got transported six different times in less than a year. That's awful. I I think that's the first story I've heard, though, of someone being regularly transported. Me too. Also, um, another thing I've heard, which obviously every human being is different, so every, like, guard and warden or whatever is going to be different but i heard that usually they're nicer to people that get a lot of letters a lot of people putting money into their commissary and stuff because it's like it humanizes you in a way so they see you more as someone who oh they like have friends outside of here unless you're like an a-hole to them and you have friends they probably won't like that but isn't that so sad that you need like they're not humanizing people already right you know like i I worked with people in a healthcare setting that were you know previously um COs and you can tell like even the way they treat some of the patients it's like like you're treating them like prisoners you know like and I have like reminded people before like hey this isn't prison like this is a healthcare facility 
stop. Well, the Stanford Prison Experiment you know, gives us some insight into why that yeah. happens. It, it causes them to they have this us and them mentality mm-hmm. when and them ceases to be human. You know, they're, they're not in our group. They're not part of us. We're better than them. We literally have yeah. authority over them so we can abuse them as we want. Luckily, from all this, from all the stuff I've read, the federal system is a lot better than any of the state systems. Mm. So there's at least that. But if you had to choose, it seems to me like prison in one of these European countries would be significantly better. Like, like some of these have prisons that are basically just hotels. And they, they look like they might actually be pleasurable to stay at. I heard that when the Assange was, that was really bad, though. I think it was Spain. Mm, likely. Well, I mean, all of the European oh, wait. Union states are different, so. It wasn't uh, Assange. It was the one that McAfee died in. It was, like, really oh, bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, he died there, and, you know, his wife still has not received his body. There still has not been... So I don't think she's been given the details of the autopsy. She was tweeting about this recently. But, yeah, her husband, you know, died mysteriously in jail in Europe, and she still doesn't have the body. It's been, all, yeah, she it's doesn't been believe more than he killed 700 himself. days right now. Yeah, and she, does, she said immediately, like, he didn't kill himself, and she hasn't changed her stance on that as far as I've seen. Right, because he, you know, insisted that he wouldn't kill himself. He made a mm-hmm. cryptocurrency called Whacked. Yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, it, it would be a great troll if you if you intended to kill yourself in jail to make the entire world believe that you didn't. Like, except if you're if you're an agent of yeah. chaos. I, I, except I to that's troll your happened, wife though. that but you John love. John McAfee was yeah. an agent of chaos. Yeah. Like he's he was. Unless she was in on it, I guess. Well, I don't know. That's so dark and crazy it it is but he was an agent of chaos in a way that like i'm looking at it going man maybe tone it down a bit but i don't don't know all right yep i i can tell you one story of a u.s marshal that i met who was actually a good man when i got violated on my probation he showed up with this uh local cop and this local cop i mean he had his you, you know how some of them wear them lead knuckle gloves and whatnot this is one of them guys who just like to kick butt. And he actually accused me of stealing the TV that I possessed in my little motel room there because I had been out such a short. And, uh, well, I, I told him exactly what it cost because I had just bought one a year before when I was in my, you know, free state. But um, anyway, so this U.S. Marshal that had come with this jamoke, he ends up doing the transport with me to the federal institution, and we get to talking, and I tell him my story about how I got all hemmed up and whatnot, and I'm wearing an old leather flight jacket from Vietnam, and I says, this is about the last thing I got that my old man left me. And I says, I'm going to be damn well heartbroken if I lose this. Well, he went back to my motel room. He got that, my TV, a uh, half dozen other things that might have been a damn to me, and he mailed them back to my son. That's really nice of him. Uh, thank you so yeah, much for the night. Thank you so much for the story. I mean, there's certainly, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the U.S. Marshals. I want to say all cops are bastards. And I, I believe that's true. Yes, e- even even your dad, the cop, still a bastard, right? Yeah. They, they all are. Even if he's a nice person to his family, nice person anytime you've seen him, his job is, you know, immoral. Then there's no way to spin that. He doesn't, even if he doesn't know that it's immoral, it doesn't matter if you know something's immoral or not, if you're doing immoral things. And these people, like the children of cops who get upset when you say this stuff, they know 
that their parents are doing this crap because when when they were five years old, their their cop dad sat them down and said, "Look, if a cop ever asks you any questions, you don't answer. Never talk to the police." Like, yeah, just tell them you're my dad or I'm your dad. Well, Sorry. maybe, uh, maybe sometimes that that will help if it's a small town or whatever. But in general, it, there's countless I've stories of people happen. who grew up in cop families who were told, "Look, just never never answer any questions." That police I've seen ask it happen you. with my own eyes with my friend whose dad was just a firefighter in Austin. Like, yeah, he let me talk to the cops. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my dad, the firefighter. Why does that work? I don't know. Yeah, as I long thought, as you're in the club. I thought they yeah. weren't friends. But yeah, apparently firefighters and cops are more friends than they are with us. I mean, I've told stories on the show before of me getting pulled over and just being like, oh, sorry, I'm on my way to work. I'm a nurse. And they're like, oh, no, that's that's fine. See you later. So I, guess I don't really want to be in their club, but well, I guess I, I don't know it if works you're in my, their club, but like. It seemed that way. I mean, that's an important. They seem as like a first response. You know, yeah, I mean, they that liked type me thing, at least, right? but which which I don't love. But I do love not getting a speeding ticket. So that part was cool. But they just shouldn't have been harassing me in the first place. And of course, I'm from Mississippi, where there's a lot of that good old boy yep. crap going on, and a lot of those little clubs and things like that. A kid that I grew up with went on to become like a jail officer i don't he wasn't a cop but he was one of the jail guards correctional officer yeah i don't remember what his exact position was but he he was it was a license for him to drive however he wanted wherever he wanted to go meanwhile he and his wife were shooting up heroin and stuff like he was breaking some pretty bad laws while you know driving around doing 90 on the freeway and stuff and whenever he get pulled over he just flash his little work id and they he'd be right on his way it's just absolutely despicable so yes all cops but and u.s marshals are cops yes so yes i guess they would qualify as being bastards just like every other cop sure would i'm sure they can have moments of like doing things like that a normal human would find you know to be good yeah but yeah, they're like that villain in Doctor Who who was like, you know, I let a woman escape the other day. She was telling about her kids, and I was like, I'm not going to kill her. And as he pointed out, well, yeah, that's how people like you live with yourselves. You do all of these horrible, mm-hmm. evil things, but every once in a while, you're having a good day or whatever, you let one of them go. And you, you convince yourself that you're not actually as evil as you really are. But no, you're just using that act of goodness to perpetuate your acts of evil, and that makes it an ultimately an act of evil. And that's that's what I think of these cops who occasionally do good things. Is that mm. they're just trying to like, get all, one good night of sleep. All those stories where it's like a cop pulled over and gave a child a lollipop. Oh my gosh, those make me cringe. Or oh, it's Christmas time. He gave me a hundred dollar bill. Like yeah, it's so cringy. To I me, saw, that wouldn't even be worth the anxiety of getting pulled over. Oh you my know? god, like, getting pulled over for it? No way. I'd be yeah. pissed off. I'd be like, I can't believe you did this. I mean, I would be. To their face, like, okay, thank you. And then I'd be pissed off. I saw this um, attempt by police to, you know, have a good name for themselves on social media where they like, they stopped to do a photo op with these kids who were selling lemonade, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of arresting them and all the other crap (laughs) that cops usually do. Hope you paid taxes on your income, children. And it it was just these two cops there drinking this lemonade and like two of the most unhappy looking children I've ever (laughs) seen. Like weren't, weren't even pretending to be smiling. Like it was clear they didn't want these cops there and the cops were just oblivious to this. And it was it was an amusing picture. And they got dragged, of course, in the comments for that, just yeah. for being completely toned up. It's like, hey, guys, did you look at the picture before you uploaded it? Because they don't seem to want to like have two terrified to children. Oh I have a gosh. UFO story that I just want to get on the record. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like my UFO sighting. 
it or anything like that. When I worked at Dugway Proving Grounds in a hotel, like I saw, like I had some kind of security clearance. I just worked at the hotel front desk of the hotel, and I did the audit at night. There was this guy. He was like a soldier. I don't know army or what. It was too many years ago. Probably army. It was like mostly army people there. And he was staying in the hotel because he wasn't like stationed at Dugway. He was just doing a training thing out in the field there. They have like, it's as big as Rhode Island. So they have like a whole desert to do trainings in. And he just stayed up all night talking to me. Like I was just standing there at my front desk. Uh, I had to be there to do the audit and be there for eight hours. So he just stood there all night talking to me. And he told me that he has seen UFOs just uh, go into the ground at Dugway. And he said, one day, like mark my words, Dugway will be famous for being the place that they say that they found a UFO, they reverse engineered, and, and they're, they've they been flying Doug, uh, spaceships around here for years, and people will be like, wow, you actually live there? And whenever I told my bosses the next morning, I was like, it's so weird, he told me that, they were like, he was just flirting with you. But I just want to get that on the record that's for a if weird it way becomes of true. I, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but... So this guy was basically telling you the same sort of stuff that this other person was telling Congress. Like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, they're reverse engineering these things. They're trying to fly them. It's technology they're interested in, and they're trying to figure it out. And we have these crafts. So that's that's interesting. Let's get going with the phone. 603-283-6160. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Lots of background noise. Yep. Well, I don't think he was expecting us to flip over. Um Caller trying to get to you, but a lot of, I think we're probably on speakerphone. Probably phone. in the car or something. Yeah. Going to give that one more shot. Are you with us? Yeah, there you go. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Aria, Bonnie. Hello. Nikki's uh, here, too. How are y'all doing? Yeah, what's on your mind hey. tonight? Hey, um, I just wanted to tell you that uh, beyond reproach isn't what you, what you think it is. Uh, it means that they are, that, um, that that person is impeccable. That they cannot oh. be. Muted. I thought about asking what it meant, but it sounds bad. So that's what I thought it meant. I, so uh, it, the caller is referring to an article that we were reading earlier, and the guy who went to Congress, um, his okay. char- yeah, character right. was defined as beyond reproach by another army guy. So our bad. I thought it meant something bad. No, it, again. it did sound like a bad thing. Yeah, I, I guess we, I didn't the, know. the meaning of beyond can be taken two different ways. Yeah, thank you so much for that correction, because you're absolutely right. I'm looking at it now. It's mm-hmm. like such that no criticism can be made. And that makes, Perfect. that's way more interesting, actually, right. because, of course, you know, I would expect him to say something bad about the whistleblower. I wouldn't expect him to say, this is a really good guy. I guess it, reproach just sounds like a negative word. That's yeah. literally so how I, I, I don't know. processed it. But thank you for the clarification. He, I mean, he's absolutely right. So that does make the story a little bit better. Is that like, here's this army guy who's like, hey, look, he, he's telling the truth. I mean, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't criticize him. 603-283-6160. If you have any UFO or extraterrestrial stories, feel free to give us a call. Share them. 603-283-6160. Coming up, listening to heavy metal helps you be less stressed out. I mean, this checks out to me because I'm not a stressed out person. I'm surrounded by heavy metal. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. Which tonight is Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki. 
And Nikki and I both listen to heavy metal. I listen to a lot of heavy metal. Nikki has a wide variety of things that she listens to that's a bit wider than mine. Like we were just talking about during the break when you also listen to country and Beethoven. And I historically listened to a lot of classical music, especially Mozart. Mm-hmm. Love Mozart. But that's sort of... It doesn't take a very prominent role in my life. I don't listen to it very often. I'll, I'll very occasionally, like once every two or three months, go back and listen to some Mozart, al- almost always Mozart. That said, I know some Beethoven songs on guitar. So, cool. Yeah, I guess. I, mean, I think it's cool. They're harder to play on piano than they are on guitar because the notes of the guitar, I mean, the octaves are all closer together because you oh, can I guess that flip does back sense. and forth yeah. between strings. So it's it's a lot harder to play the piano. Mm-hmm. They did it like for Elise or whatever. That's pretty easy on guitar, whereas on piano, I didn't find it nearly as easy. But anyway, so, but you have, I don't, and I've never cared for country. Like when I was a kid, obviously I listened to country, but. That, that's exactly how I am. I can't help that I grew up in Tennessee partially yeah. and for, my friends listen to te- country music and stuff, but my parents never listened to country music. Well, actually my dad has listened to some country music, but my mom hates country music and my dad's not like a big country music guy. And, uh, yeah, I've mostly not listened to See, country it's music. funny cause I'm the opposite cause I grew up in the North and my, I mean, my dad's like a rock and roll classic rock guy and my mom's always been like a pop music girl. So I never grew up with country. So I, and I hated okay. country. I was like, it all sounds the same. Like, I just did not like country. And then I went to California, went to a bar where there was line dancing. And ever since then, I, I came back. And it was funny because Matt even noticed it because he likes country. And whenever he would play country, I'd be like, I hate this. Turn it off. Like, <laughs> adamantly, like, I would get angry and be like, turn it off. And now he makes fun of me because I love country now. There are some so it's just female so funny. singers only, like Casey Musgraves. I love her so much that she's country. Um, and then the, I have a lot of like, uh, what's the word where you don't want people to know you like this like a, thing? Like a guilty pleasure, yeah. like <laughs> Carrie Underwood and um, Marin Morris. Just I don't know. I have a lot of like music that I know is kind of crap, but I like it and it's nostalgic, like uh, Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. But I don't like just love it. I, don't, I definitely will never listen to a country music song by a man. I just don't find that. Fun. I don't know. I just don't find a lot about country music that's interesting. With that said, I haven't really listened to it. And I I, I don't know that I've even listened. I, I honestly don't remember the last time I even heard a country song. Yeah. If if I heard any country song, it was one of the Taylor Swift. I was going to say, Taylor Swift country music is way better than Taylor Swift pop music, in my opinion. See, I like her pop music a lot better, but that but that's probably because I just don't like country in general. Yeah. But anyway, we're both heavy metal fans, and I recently discovered a new band called uh, Not Enough Space. They released a new song called No Way Out that is just freaking awesome, and it's not, they're not a known band, right? They... When I first found the song, it had like 20,000 total listens, and they had 15,000 monthly listeners, and they're still only at like 60,000 monthly listeners, where if you compare them to someone like Lacuna Coil or whatever, not the most popular band, but still getting millions of monthly listens, it's just surprising to me how much music there actually is out there. And this is why I want to strangle Mark Edge from the show, because he only listens to talk radio, because... 
the, all the music that's ever been recorded. I, I don't remember exactly how he put it, but he basically asserted that there's no new music out there, right? Like, yeah. It, well, and the it, thing it's is, all the same or whatever. If you're listening to music on the radio, I was going to make the same point. Like that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's going to be repetitive. If you listen to a classic rock station, they've been playing the same 15 songs since I've been alive. Yeah. But yeah, if you well. have like Apple Music or even YouTube, if you use the internet to listen to music. You will realize, I mean, even just in the genre of classic rock, because that is my favorite genre of music, I am constantly finding new music, discovering new artists, even within that genre that has, you know, has essentially been extinct since the 80s, right? So, and well, yeah, the songs that the radio didn't play when yeah, you were growing like, up, like Golden Earring had more than the one song. Yeah. And there's just so many different genres than just like, of course, there's like the popular version of each genre. Like, there's probably like a popular metal, I don't know, like that is mainstream. And there's main. Disturbed probably would be the closest to that. Yeah. And that would probably play on, that would play on the radio. But yeah. there, and then there's like pop that wouldn't play on the radio. And everyone thinks like all pop is just what plays on the radio. So, of course, you're going to be like, I hate pop if you listen to what's on the radio. I hate what's on the radio. And I'm a pop music connoisseur. I think we're in agreement here that music radio is just the worst. And, yeah. and that's all Mark is thinking. Yeah, of. but you know, Spotify and Pandora, Spotify I've pretty much stopped using because it. they could very easily fix it if they just added a slider to let you choose between like obscure songs and the popular singles. Yeah, you want deep some cuts. deep cuts. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, but Pandora does that. Yeah. But Spotify doesn't. And I swear to God, if I hear Chop Suey by System of a Down one more time oh, in no, my life. Oh, no, because that's such a good song. But if you listen to it too much it, with anything. It, is that one, one, the one where he's like, because you feel like it, because you want to. Yeah. You wanted to. That's yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's Chop Suey. And it's, it's a good song, right? The first 45,000 times you hear it. <laughs> oh, no. But like... We use my Spotify at work so it, because we all listen to the same music as well, and it's just easier that way. And I listen to it in my car, so I'm, I'm listening to Spotify maybe 12 hours a day, and I've had to block some of these songs. And Spotify removed the ability to block some of these songs. And you would think that this wow. algorithm would be smart enough to know, oh, look, every time we play aerials, Aria skips it. Maybe we should stop playing hmm. aerials and play one of the other 40 System of a Down songs that came off this one album that we haven't been covering because System of a Down, they did a tour recently. They, did, they didn't, they're not touring anymore, but they did a show recently where they only played for like an hour and a half or something, but their songs are so short yeah, that they played like 40 songs in this hour and a half period. And like Spotify, you can play some of those, right? But they don't. It's just Spiders, Sugar, Aerials, and Chop Suey. Oh, there's so much it. more to System of a Down. I know. Like, Spotify is doing everyone a disservice. Maybe occasionally they'll throw out BYOB, but... But it, also, that's, like, like another that greatest hits, like, yeah. very popular. So, like, we need some deep cuts, Spotify. And Pandora's, Take the constructive criticism, please. Pandora's got an option that does exactly that, and I liked it, but Pandora seems to be struggling to figure out what kinds of music I actually like. Like, it's still recommending hip-hop and pop yeah, and stuff to me. And you guys Spotify, still need to get to know each other. Yeah, but we, we should at this point, because I've been using them for months. But that's my biggest issue with Spotify. But even without that, it's still a wonderful tool that's exposed me to more music that I never even knew existed, and that I never would have known existed if it wasn't for Spotify. Like, I'm wearing a Butcher Baby shirt right now. I've seen Butcher Babies more than I've seen any other rock band at this point. And I didn't even know about them three years ago. 
And it's only because of Spotify that I know about them now. Because the Lacuna Coil started playing. I didn't even know they had a female singer. And that led me to discover Infected Rain, who went Mm -hmm. on tour with Butcher Babies. And that was the first time I ever heard Butcher Babies. I was like, oh, man, they're awesome, right? And it's all because of Spotify and new music and stuff that I wouldn't have ever heard if I was like Mark. I was like, I only listen to talk radio. Well, in Mark's defense, it's just a known fact that most people, I'm sure it's not everyone, as they get older, they stop wanting to hear new music at, like, you know, mid-20s. And that's definitely happened to me. Like, I definitely don't go search out new music. I have this one friend who is six years younger than me. So he's always like, oh, you got to listen to this. And I'll listen to him, and I'll go listen to music, and usually I like it because he's just has great taste in music. But I don't really go search out new music. Like, I want to just listen really? to the bands I like, yeah, or the, no, like I the things I like relate recently. To that. I, I can't either. Like, another one of the bands that I've been listening to a lot lately is called Forever Still. And they were another band, like, six months ago. I'd never heard of them. I'll just go through, like, phases where it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to the album that came out by somebody that I like that I, for some reason, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a block in my mind. Like, someone I like, and I like their music, will come out with an album. I'll be like, I can't listen to that it's like not their new stuff. I don't know how to explain it. Dude, I don't remember the last time I listened to an album. Well, I like to listen to whole albums whenever somebody I like comes out. I I collect vinyls. So I I there's something about and I don't have my record player here, which is really a shame. But I just something about like take just the whole experience of listening to like an entire album front to back is even even having to flip it. I think it's just because I'm young, so it's like, you know... I mean, the vinyl thing, I, I, I could see that. But I used to... I never really collected CDs, but I, you know, listened to CDs, and it wasn't a lot of mixed CDs that you burn yourself. So this thing where you listen to a song by one band, and you immediately go to a song by another band, and then a song by another band, mm-hmm. and so on, that's really relatively new. Yeah. And that's something that I haven't really given a lot of thought to because historically, like you would throw in your tool CD and that was what you listened to yeah, for exactly. the next hour and a half. My first car, I which didn't Which is have... still the case, but it's now because mm-hmm. the tool song is an hour and a half long because <laughs> no one ever taught them to go, hey guys, we should stop this song. It's been going on for too long. We've been playing this song for 19 years. Maynard died. Let's, let's cut it. Let's kill it. Anyway. Yeah. I was going to say my first car didn't have Bluetooth or anything, so I had a little stack of CDs, but yeah. I only had like six of them because even at that point we already had iPods, so I didn't was, wasn't really collecting CDs. And after a while, it's like those same six CDs, like it starts to get old. My first it's, car didn't have Bluetooth either, but me and my friend would take a like Bluetooth speaker, put yeah. it up on the dashboard and drive around like that. Well, let's keep going with the phones because we are a call-in show. We have someone on the line here from in New Hampshire. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, it's Stefan. Ah, Stefan. What's on your mind tonight? Are you going uh, to Porkfest? Of course uh, yes, you are. Yes, I am. And that's, and that's what I wanted to talk about, actually. Um, so I really appreciate um, that, uh, that uh, Dennis has stepped up um, and all the work that he's done and all that. But uh, I think that where I draw the line is where you – uh, ban one of my good friends for mm-hmm. uh, no discernible reason. Free Mikey. Um, Are you yeah. referring to Mikey? Well, it's unclear. I am referring to Mikey. Whether or not Mikey has been banned, and when we asked him this direct, when we asked him that question directly here on Free Talk Live Monday night, we did not get a straight answer. He was acting like a politician. He wouldn't give a straight answer on anything. And from what I saw, 
Mikey was told you are not welcome here. And I realize some people say that this is splitting hairs, but saying you're not welcome here is not the same as saying you're not allowed here. Yeah. And this well, is the impo- actual screen. The actual screenshot that he sent me said you are not welcome here, and right. we will make sure that Rogers refunds your campsite. Oh, so that sounds like you can't come to but, me. Right, right. But that's not what they said. It, yeah, it's you are not welcome here, and I'm not welcome at the Republican Cheshire County meeting. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't go. But, but I can go, right? I'm not yeah. banned. I'm allowed there, but I'm not welcome. And they've made that clear as well. So it's like, if Dennis wants to ban Mikey. He should say, you're not allowed, maybe not you're not welcome. Maybe that's why he won't answer it straight, because maybe he's working on that, and he knows he doesn't really have... Because he doesn't have the power to unilaterally ban a person himself. He, he also I mean, doesn't have a good reason to, though. But he does, well, and that, that's really... Without Constance, he was the one saying Constance is in charge once... Uh, what's his... Uh, once Pork Fest starts... Con- the relationships are are difficult, but as I understand it, if Dennis, as organizer of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, he was to go to, you know, Crosby, the owner of Rogers Camp, going to say, hey, look, you know, I'm the person running this festival, and I don't want those people here anymore. I think Crosby would say, all right, well, but get I'm them out of here. But I'm talking about to the, like, Free State Project. Would they just allow that? Like, they had to have a whole board vote on Campwell and Ian. I don't know. Well, I mean, aside from the fact that Mikey's a good friend of mine, and I think, uh, personally, he's a pork fest staple, um, I just don't like there being like a system where one person um, can either unilaterally make someone feel unwelcome or straight up ban them um, without there being an objective set of criteria. Um, because I think one of the things that Mikey laid out that I really agree with is that like, hey, you know, you're bit, you're like banning or you know making this person feel unwelcome uh, for basically trolling you and you know because you don't like him. Uh, meanwhile, we're like letting somebody that has threatened to murder parents because they disagree with the way that their kids are being raised. Like, like I, I don't know. That just doesn't seem like an objective uh, criteria. Oh, yeah, it's uh, not. For yeah, I completely and, and, and I'm agree. Not even, I'm not even a fan of banning Maj, per se, but like, you know, we should have like an objective standard. It makes no sense to ban Mikey and keep Maj, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... Exactly. It just seems very hypocritical to me. I mean, and like you mentioned, there's one person who is literally threatening violence, which should be to me. I mean, if if there's any reason to ban somebody, that would be it. Mikey yeah. has never done anything like that. So it just doesn't. It See, seems really inappropriate really to ban him. Is that Mikey is accused of interfering with a jitsi conference that they were having. Where I mean, so if even if he did. Uh, I but, mean, it's but, not a cool thing to do, but... But there's no evidence to suggest that he's did. Hold on. Dennis yeah. is just operating on a hunch here. Yeah. He yeah. has absolutely no evidence. He just thinks it was Mikey because later on, Mikey joined the meeting. And that that's literally the extent of the evidence that he has. And yeah. that's the justification for the ban. And that's the part that I'm like, man, it's grasping you don't at have straws. a shred of evidence yeah. for this. It's really grasping well, at straws. That, that's not the real reason why Mikey was... Like, he could say that that's the reason, but I think that the real reason was because Mikey got under his skin, uh, you know, and so he wanted to find something to get him. And so it's like, oh, look, now I have a reasonable suspicion, you know, like like the officers say. And, uh, you know, and so now I can ban him with impunity um, when, like, that's what I wanted to do the whole time. And like, like I said, I like Dennis. I appreciate what he's done, but I think that this power um, could corrupt anybody. And so I'm just saying, like, you know, Dennis might overall be a benevolent uh, 
uh, you know, leader of Forkfest, but um, I don't always trust that that will be the case. I mean, you guys brought up what happened to Ian, and, uh, you know, what happened to Ian is uh, is honestly just as, if not uh, more ridiculous. Well, they at least um, had a vote for Ian, but the way this is shaping up, uh, if Dennis wants somebody banned or the Porkfest organizer wants someone's banned, and it's particularly a problem for me because, as he pointed out, there are people asking him to ban me from Porkfest, right? right? And, like, if he can do that on a whim without reason, without justification, then I'm solely relying upon his benevolence. I'm really not like if, if I, I, I don't know how it would shake out if Porkfest tried to ban Free Talk Live again. I'm not sure it would actually go over the same way that it did previously. I, I think they would probably find that they couldn't. But and that's because we work our deal out directly with Rogers Campground. But it's immaterial anyway that they shouldn't have that ability to say, you know what? Bonnie's making people angry on social media. We don't want her at Porkfest anymore because they also said that people were calling for Bonnie to be banned yeah, from Porkfest. Yeah, it was Pork like Fest. way more people were telling me to ban you than uh, RFK. It's I was like, okay, so, so it, what is this, a democracy now? And, I yeah. know, yeah. I, I hate the populist feel that seems to mm-hmm. be going around like, yeah. oh, yeah, like let's let's get a bunch of statists that want to like bomb Mexico and, you know, a bunch <laughs> of other authoritarian crap like in uh, in the hub, like representing... All of us. I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said the uh, the other night, and um, I, I know that the uh, talk went uh, for quite some time. But I was almost like, dang, like that wasn't long enough to really flesh things out, because uh, you know I felt like there were a lot of uh, politician answers given. Also, That's why. The yeah. Pro- the, the problem was also that, like, um, you know, and you know, to to everybody's credit, I think you guys all did a good job. Like. Especially Bonnie, you were like my spirit animal that night. But anyway, um, Bonnie was fiery like, that night. I was scared. Yeah. Well, when someone talks yeah. to me in such a condescending voice, they're gonna get shrieked at. Yeah, but but like that. That being said, like um, I think that what you did was like you gave him too much to work with. Like you rapid fired like so many things at him that you made it so that he could pick like the easiest question that mm. you asked. Um, like and a so, like right. So well, maybe, I but we're doing an improvised radio show, so I mean, we didn't no, like yeah, write no. out a script and a plan and all yeah. that stuff. We just brought him yeah. on and we started talking, and that was how yeah, it went. Like, I mean, like it was I, one I of our best episodes, job. as far as I can tell, and it was a joy to re-listen to when I listened to it again a few days ago, because no community holds their own to the fire like libertarians do. Mm-hmm. Like we were like, yeah. Dennis, we this you're being put on trial here by Free Talk Live, <laughs> and that right. that's. Pretty much how it was. I, I've <laughs> had like people who never agree with me on things saying just like, oh, oh my God, Bonnie, you got him. And I've not, I normally don't agree with trannies and Bonnie, but here I am. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, that- mean not, I don't want to be put in like a difficult position because I, I love Dennis. I love Mikey. Um, there's a lot of people that I love that I've seen go down the path of power, um, you know, and, and then like I end up liking them less because of what happened as a result of it and i just i don't i don't want that to happen um and uh and i think that creating an objective criteria for what constitutes um banning or what constitutes you were unwelcome whatever that means um would be a step in the right direction for that i'm still holding out hope that mikey is going to be at the porcupine freedom festival because this was i mean and i don't want to say mikey did anything to warrant the ban because he obviously didn't but 
he should have known quite some time ago that he was seriously getting under Dennis's skin and he should have walked away and let some things go. Like Mikey was the one who pushed this in many ways to that point. I, I honestly don't know anything oh, yeah. about it. Mikey has Mikey has never stopped blasting Dennis on <laughs> Telegram and Matrix. Like he, he that's just yeah. what he has done mm-hmm. for the last year or two. And it's right. at some point he should have been like, I should stop this. But that said, it doesn't warrant a ban. And this is why Mikey was kicked out of multiple uh, Telegram chats and Matrix chats and stuff because he was being disruptive and he singularly targeting Dennis with insults and, according to Dennis, targeting uh, volunteers and stuff. I never actually saw any of that because I don't follow the dramas very closely. But I, I could, it was very plain to me that Mikey was getting under Dennis's skin and that well, it was probably a good idea to back off. He definitely isn't blameless for sure. And like, I will, you know, I like Mikey a lot, but I will not defend him in everything. And uh, yeah, he did go pretty far in his criticisms, but that being said, they were criticisms done in like a trolley way. Right. Exactly. And so what I'm trying to figure out is like, what is the line, you know, what is the line of like criticism that we could give to the head organizer of this event? You know? So like, even if I disagree with his form of criticism, his form of speech, um, it's, I think it's a really dangerous line to go down um, of like, okay, well, this, this speech goes too far. This criticism is too much. We can't, you know, criticism of Porkfest is fine, but, you know, if, if you hit this point, that's when it's too far. But, like, the problem is that they're not even saying what this point is. It's, it's still kind of ambiguous. Um, and so that's, that's my real problem. I mean, I love Mikey. He's like a good friend of mine, but like, I think that the thing that ignited me about this was the broader principle of it all. Yeah. I mean, we, we said it years ago. I mean, I wasn't even here, but like it was said years ago when Ian was the first person banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, like guys, this sets a, or it may have been Chris Cantwell who was first, but either way, the same thing would have been said by people here on Free Talk Live that guys, this sets a really dangerous precedent. And it's yep. only a matter of time before the organizers are arbitrarily banning people on a whim. If you ban Chris Kent, well, I think he was driving drunk and he hit someone. So, I mean, it sounds like he warranted being banned, but Ian yeah. certainly not. So, I mean, if they're allowed to just make up reasons for banning people, then that's going to happen. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Zeph. And I look forward to seeing you next week or the week after whenever you're arriving. It is going to be a great time. Don't let any of the controversy and drama around it, like, if anything, come for the drama and the controversy, because it's a good time. Like, you've seen libertarians on the internet. Put them on a campground together and watch that play out while they're drinking beer and doing shrooms. It's something to see. (laughs) 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160. And, of course, with you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I want to tell you about Dash. Tonight's show is brought to you by Dash. And Dash is digital currency, digital cash. That's what it's short for. And it is usable as a cryptocurrency, whereas something like Bitcoin is not actually usable as a currency. You'll end up paying a $4 fee or a $5 fee or something gross like that. 
just to buy a hamburger or a soft drink or whatever. Dash doesn't have those problems. It's been a while since I used Dash, to be fair, a little over two years. But the last time I used Dash, I had a flat fee, flat transaction fee of 0.001 Dash, I think. Still that way. It always just shows zero, zero, or shows zero dollars on my Edge wallet because it's fractions of a penny. And it's hard to beat that. Like the. I spoke with the owner of the place I worked recently, and I one of his biggest concerns was the credit card processing fees. It, he initially said that it wasn't one of his concerns, but every time he he complained about things, he kept coming back to the credit card fees. I, I suspect from a practical standpoint, the reason that doesn't bother him is because you know he can add those to the customer and pass those forward or whatever. But you as the customer, the, the business owner ends up paying those processing fees and ends up having to charge the customer more with cryptocurrency the user actually pays the fees and those fees are incredibly low whereas with credit cards it could be up to like one percent or two percent it's like four percent at the mighty moose smart yeah it's incredibly high with dash we're talking point zero zero one and that's not a percentage that's the amount that you end up sending for every transaction so if you send a big transaction it's an even smaller percentage absolutely wonderful and it has something called chain locks technology that allows them to be resistant or even immune to 51% attacks. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets like the Edge wallet that Bonnie mentioned. So it's easy to get. It's been around for a long time. It's not going anywhere. Dash.org if you want to learn more about it. That's Dash.org. And I want to say thank you to the Dash Decentralized Autonomous Organization for sending us $32 I'm sorry, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Again, that's Dash.org, and that's 32 Dash per month. You know, it's, you got to, the SEC, man, they're upset with people, so I got to be clear, it's not $32 that they send us, it's 32 Dash. I don't know what the dollar amount is on that, and it's kind of irrelevant what the dollar amount is on that, because we're not being paid in dollars, we're being paid in Dash. You can also get paid in Dash. You can get discounts for using Dash with their new killer app. What is it called? Their um, Dash, Dash Direct? Central? Yes, Dash oh, yeah. Direct. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. But let's keep going with the phones because we are a call-in show. And as always, you're invited to weigh in, especially if you're here in New Hampshire and you're excited about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yay! Coming up, you know, just next week. It's coming close. And I'm so torn about that. I mentioned this earlier, but like I'm so torn about it because... Every day that I'm closer to Porkfest, I'm also a day closer to literally going to prison. And that's... But by that, you're also a day closer to being released from prison. Yes, but there is an 18-month gap between those two things that is going to be very unpleasant. But let's go to the phones. We do have Law Dog on the line from Michigan. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. You guys aren't going to prison. No, I'm literally going to prison. No, no. Appeal. You guys can appeal till January twenty fifth. I already uh, got sentenced. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've already been sentenced. I was sentenced to prison. I could appeal the sentence, but it's not going to delay the enforcement of the sentence. And the sentence would likely be served by the time I was actually in a courtroom arguing to appeal the sentence. So no, well, I, you guys got a, you guys got a reasonable governor up there in Sununu, and uh, you know I. Both this the feds. The, uh, this Annis or Trump, uh, they'll they'll pull the trigger for you. I you I, I, I think you gotta. I think I you gotta so. have the two thirds to get. Um, DeSantis uh, is one hundred percent. To get a pardon, DeSantis might. 
part in Eden? Ian? No, DeSantis would replay my video where I was like, DeSantis is literally a torturer, and then he wouldn't. But when you say, okay, we also have this tranny here, DeSantis is going to go, no, increase the sentence. DeSantis is not pardoning no, 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 anyone. No, please listen. Please listen. I'm an old man. Just keep doing what you're doing, okay? And you'll make a difference. I, I mean, RFK is making a difference today when he went down to the wall there. Just the naming candidates. Okay, look, I get that, Law Dog, but I want you to understand that I'm literally in 20 days on June the 27th, at 2 p.m., I will literally be taken into the custody of the U.S. Marshals and put into the Bureau of Prisons. She took an implea- uh, a plea deal, so she can't appeal except on very uh, s- small chance circumstances, and they wouldn't come up until after the serve. Well, you they had a served plea deal. Yeah, they, they had you. They, area, they had you. I, Are you I, just not learning that I took a plea deal? They, 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 had you, they had you at 10 years, and you uh, plea deal 18 months. That's... You know, that's a, you had a pretty good lawyer, didn't you? I had a fantastic lawyer. I have absolutely no complaints with the lawyer. But yeah, it was worse than yeah. 10 months that I was end, ending up possibly facing. It was three charges of money laundering, conspiracy to commit money laundering, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and four counts of wire fraud, as well as conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money transmitting business. I was facing as many charges, in, or maybe more, I don't remember now, in the in, in the second indictment that Ian faced during the first indictment, and this this fact got completely lost on the libertarians in New Hampshire because Ian also went from like nine charges to thirty four. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember exactly or twenty something. I don't remember how many charges it was, but he got a lot of charges too. But because he got more, they just completely glossed over the fact that I was suddenly facing pretty much exactly the same stuff that Ian was facing prior, that that huge, big deal that they were worried about, you know, that was what was faced on me the second time following the second indictment, where Ian's got escalated even more, and they were just like, oh, yeah, but Ian, 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 right? And it's like, I, I understand that. I have no issue with that, but it sucks to be that thief crucified beside Jesus, right? If, if if I'm going to you know go to trial and go to prison, I'm, I don't think it's unreasonable to want my share of the attention. <laughs> and and to be fair, this is not at Ian at all. Ian, Ian was always quick to point out, you know, this is the Crypto Six. There's five other people here, guys. But the Liberty activists were fixated entirely on Ian from the very beginning, and that never changed. Well, he's a hero. He's yeah, absolutely. He's a hero. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt yeah, about that. You're going to go down as a hero no, because, you, you know, things things are things are going to turn. The, the the crap's going to hit the fan, and uh, uh, our diaper dandy number forty sucks. He ain't oh, going to be around much longer. Okay. I think he, he said sucks. His brain is fried. <laughs> he did. He he said someone's name, so it did not sound like someone's name. But. I thought, yeah, I thought you said something else at first, but no, I think he yeah. said Mister Forty sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Oh, for, oh, uh, 46, maybe? And I don't just... even use his name. Oh, I got a new name for him. Bidet. Oh, because 45 was pre- Trump, right? I'm okay. confused. I, I, oh, he's like, just like naming yeah. the names of politicians at this oh, point. He said six, but he's Mo-ba- from Michigan. Mo-ba-day. His... Mo-ba-day. Yeah. Mo-ba-day. yeah. I, I he's got Mobaday. He's got to have a bidet because of the... His Depends diapers are uh, full every day. Ah, yeah. And now I'm picking up what you're putting down. I mean, I absolutely agree. He is a hero, and he's going to be respected for this, and he's going to go down in history as the one who fought this and took it to the end, and I think ultimately won, because the road to the appeal is long, right? That's a multi-year process, and 
as I as I've heard, he's going to be allowed to remain free. He's likely to be allowed to remain free during that time, which is fantastic news because I expect him to win the appeal. Mm-hmm. And the, so much is going to happen in that two year period with the U.S. government's collapse, the collapse of the USD. They're not going to have the money to pursue these spurious, nonsensical charges. They're going to go broke once the USD is no longer the reserve currency of the world, which is already fast being replaced by BRICS and you know the agreement between Russia and China. Once that happens, the U.S. government's going to find that it can't pay its bills, that it can't continue paying this many prosecutors to pursue this many BS charges. And it's going to have to start cutting its losses and picking and choosing which things it wants to fight. And Ian Freeman in New Hampshire, who sold some Bitcoin, is not going to be high on their priority list. And they're going to say, fine, you win. We're done. Plus, the other thing I think all the time is just like the judge during the trial has more reason. It's like every first judge, like if we when you guys were in when he got told he had to stay, him and nobody had to be told to stay by the magistrate. Yes. They have literally nothing to lose. They're just like, okay, we're keeping them. Yep. And then the next judge... whatever the government wants them to do. The next judge... So in this case, it'll be the appeals judge. We'll have like... I don't know why it is, but it's just a thing I've noticed. They'll have more leeway to not just throw the book at someone. Right. The... the as far as I can tell, and look, I've been through the federal system at this point, the the role of the first judge, and, and LaPlante does a great job, and he's going to be a great appeals judge one day, I think, if he if he goes that route. But it's it's almost his job to make sure that the government gets what he what it wants. Like I didn't know this at the time. If I had known this at the time, I would have I would have taken the plea deal from the beginning and only faced a maximum of twelve months in prison. And my attorney would have gotten that argued down to supervised release easily. But I didn't know that, right? I thought, you know, we're going to argue this on constitutional grounds. We have a great case here. The Supreme Court just ruled this thing in regard to the EPA, and we're on rock solid ground. The judge is going to look at this and say, "This is a rock solid argument." Yeah, charges dismissed. But no, as it turns out, the role of the first judge is basically to say, nope, motion denied, motion denied, motion denied, unless it's unless there's precedent that would allow him to err on the side of rights. That's, that's the thing. He has to rely on everything has yes. to be concrete. He can't just make up some new decision. But the appeals judge kind of can. Right. The first judge there, from what I've seen, can does not want he may be able to set precedent i don't know but he doesn't want to but he did rule that nobody's um detention was unconstitutional yeah so he i mean that's lawsuit worthy as far as i can tell i don't mm-hmm. know who no, i don't know who rich can sue over that but seems like there's they the judge literally said this is unconstitutional you can't you can't contain this man and that was yeah 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 i'll tell you what uh you guys do what you can do to keep on air, uh, no matter who it is. Maybe nobody, maybe Bonnie, but... Uh, well, the show's not uh, going January anywhere. January 2025, 20, and as Sullivan told Costner and JFK, keep stirring the poop storm, Bubba. Yeah, Good thank luck. you so much for the call tonight, Law Dog. And a lot of people have asked about that. I don't see any reason to think that Free Talk Live is going out there. There's is a he lot telling of... me to stay away from grassy knolls? Uh, probably. I mean... I don't know what that last sentence was about something about JFK. Or book repositories. Stay away from either one of those or just communists, I guess. Mm. Or, you know, CIA agents. 
Staying away from all of those things, probably a good idea, realistically. 603-283-6160, though. You can join us, weigh in with whatever you want. I'm curious what you think about Porkfest and New Hampshire Libertarians and just longtime people in general. What do you think about Mikey possibly being banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival? That, that to me, is a concern because Zephan is right. Mikey's a staple. Mikey's been at every pork fest that I've ever been to. And I think this is my seventh or my eighth at this point. I don't remember now. But he's been there every single year. Mm-hmm. And the first year, he was right beside uh, myself and Will Coley of Muslims for Liberty. So like, he was one of the people that I interacted with most. So it's going to be weird if Mikey isn't there. Plus... The snack stands that are there every single year. Like you can just go by there, grab a snack, and drop in a dollar and keep walking. That's so incredibly convenient. I mean, and aside from the fact that I, I personally like Mikey, it's it's kind of scary when we just start banning people willy nilly. Oh well, you know you're you're a troll, so we're just gonna ban you. It just it it's a slippery slope. It is, but we do have other callers on the line. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? I'm him, Brian. Hi, Brian. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I just wanted to continue our debate. Uh, got off on, uh, I guess, the wrong foot, but I was uh, debating guys on uh, libertarian principles. I was. Uh, at, at it was when he said we were bragging about how principled we were, and then he went this last week. Stop talking, and I cussed at him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just don't like uh, you guys bragging about a principle that's just so ridiculous. Okay, well, let's uh, like, let's uh, get this one rule down. You're talking to three people, so when one person answers, that's not answering for me. You don't get to just go, okay, now since you all think that, I'm going to start talking again for 45 minutes. It's just not how it works. You're not talking to one person. You're talking to three. You might not get 30 minutes to just monologue. I'm just going to referee this one, though. I'm, I'm going to speak as little as possible. So what's your question? Yeah. I wasn't monologuing. I was addressing each one's point. But when someone makes a point, I can't. Uh, I can't listen to three points and then go back. You can. And... It's our show. You're talking to people. No. A show with three people, so you can. So, so well, what's on your mind tonight, Brian? Um, it was the red-haired girls that uh, that we were talking about. Her definition. Then you you interjected with. I didn't interject. I had something with... to say about it, Water and I was talking before you. And, and my she, position on definition. She's interrupting again. My position on definitions has changed drastically in the last 48 hours where I no longer find any value in them whatsoever. I, I, I think it's important to have called, a I mean, definition in a conversation, not the only definition you're allowed to use a word for. But if you're trying to say something to I'm, me I'm, I'm and I don't that, understand what you're trying to say, then we can't have a conversation about it. Bonnie, but not. Bonnie, I, I'm not going to talk to you if you can't have someone else talking for one second on this show. Okay, so I'm okay with you presenting your own definition if you don't agree with hers, but you got to let me. I don't care what you're okay with. Address. Go on, Brian. Read this chick or what? <laughs> okay, so well, you I haven't actually this. asked a question yet. Yeah, all, all, all you've done so far time. is like complain. Okay, so every definition, uh, it's okay if you you can present your own definition. Just wait for me to address hers. I'm fine with that, but I can't listen to three different ones. Oh my god, we've already talked about this. You're just ask a question. I don't know what definition you're talking about right now because that was over a week ago. 
Okay, so let's go back to her definition. And then of well, what? And the again, you wanted to stick with the 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 strict definition of non-aggression. Hold on, hold on, Brian, because we're already child? back to definitions again. And if you want to use my definition, I have to object to. I, I want to mostly referee this, but you can't point to my definition then because. I don't find any value in definition anymore. That's not the way humans categorize and classify things. We have internal prototypes. How, how, are, you supposed to, how are you supposed to build on a, a foundation of principles if you, if you don't want to establish a definition? I'm trying. I'm literally explaining to you right now, if you would stop and interrupting and listen, exactly how this works. Humans categorize things based on internal prototypes that we develop through our entire lives. Like if I were to ask you, what is a table? You might try to define a table, but you don't ever actually, if I were to ask you whether or not something is a table, you don't refer to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary or the Oxford English Dictionary to determine whether or not that thing is or isn't a table. I think we're saying basically... You compare it it mentally to what you internally understand a table to be. Pointing to the definition... Yes, you literally do. That's how humans classify things. Pointing to a definition from Merriam-Webster or the Oxford English Dictionary is completely useless and it's just a tool that people use when they think they're right and the definition agrees with them to bludgeon other people over the heads. I gotta say that I... I just have to, I, I just have to say answer? something because it's I'm it's more intelligent than what's ever going to come out, come out of your mouth. I, can you can you just wait for me to reply to that? Okay, because in, in any debate you can establish any definition and accept that for the purposes of a debate. And what's contrary you to say, you you're you not saying say anything oh, contrary to what Arya you, is saying. And, and the reason I'm talking over yeah, you is because yeah, like you're just everything you say is so dumb. So the thing about it is Arya's not saying anything contrary to that because I I believe that it's not very useful to be like. Technically, you're wrong because there's this one word in the Merriam-Webster dictionary that says that I argue with Ian all the time about things and then he'll be like, according to the Internet, this is what it means. And I say, Ian, it doesn't matter. Me and you both know this is what it means. And you can even sometimes go back and find out the original Greek meaning of the word is what everybody knows it means. And it's been since changed. So just because something's in the Merriam-Webster dictionary doesn't mean a thing. But I also got to agree a little bit with the caller in saying that if you're having a conversation, you ha- you both have to establish that you're talking about the same things. It doesn't matter what someone de- declared is the definition of it. Right, and that's obviously true. However, the caller seems to want to have some extensive conversation about what the definition of something is. And I want to get that out of the way from the beginning, that... I don't care what the definition is. I don't think it's relevant to the discussion. Go ahead, And I Brian. would agree. Yeah, so how how can you brag about being principled if you don't even have a definition of your principles? Because I have a prototype in my head of what a libertarian is, and I compare myself yeah, but, and other people to that prototype, and the closer they are to that prototype, the more principled they are. Like, I literally just explained to you. That's how people you, classify you make things. Like prototype, but... I mean, I'm allowing you to establish a definition, revise it as I, you wish, like you did before. Uh, before and I've already said right? this, Brian, that this isn't about also, definitions anymore. Can we skip this part? Because it's just this, this, we're going around in circles. Can you just ask no, okay, your question? So, so just define, defi- when, I, when you define And he's right back to defining things. I'm, I'm attacking, I'm trying to debate the non-aggression principle. You guys know. No, you're, you're trying to debate a definition, Brian. And I, I started this conversation by saying that my position on definitions and the meaning of words and the relevance of that to the discussion had changed and then you asked me a fair somewhat fair follow-up question okay well if you don't use the definition of non-aggression like just like with a table if i ask you whether something is a table you don't refer to the merriam-webster's definition to see what it says a table is and to then determine whether or not that thing is or isn't a table 
That's not how you define libertarians or tables or furniture or anything else in the world. That's not how human beings classify things. That's not what definitions do. And to give credit to your prototype theory, when me and Ian were talking about is tapping on the shoulder aggression or not, and I was defining it aggression differently than the definition Ian pulled up. After the show, me and Ian were taking a walk and we're talking about it again. And I was like, I bet you a million dollars that if I go look up the original meaning of the word aggression, it's going to mean what I'm saying it is because it's what everyone uses it as, not what dictionary.com right now says it was. And I was right. The Greek like root of the word meant to it. It absolutely meant violent acts. It didn't just mean force like the the physics definition like this is me. For uh, put asserting force against the coffee cup that I'm pushing on the table right now with my hand. Right. That's basically how the dictionary.com definition that Ian pulled up defines. So what's that's not helpful. I mean, it, it doesn't. That's I didn't sign up to be in a uh, to believe in the non-force principle. That doesn't make sense. I wouldn't be able to pick up my coffee cup. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I used to, you know, I would have said a week ago, well, it's, that's literally what it's defined as. But now I just don't care, and I I have prototype theory to to think for this, and I can't find any rational reason that prototype theory would be incorrect. And one of the reasons this is significant, one of the best examples of how this is being used as a as a tool of the powerful, the, the mainstream people who agree with the dictionary definition or who have a prototype in their heads and they are convinced that the definition, the dictionary definition agrees and supports their prototypes. They, It's not a matter of right and wrong and what a thing actually is or isn't. It's a matter of what their prototype is versus what my prototype is. But they point to this dictionary definition because that allows one of us to be objectively right or objectively Mm -hmm. wrong. And it's only something that someone would do if they are in agreement with the people in power who wrote that definition in the first place. So the classic question of what is a woman, right? Conservatives go, well, obviously, we all know what a woman is. And they're sort of right. We all have in our heads some understanding, some prototype of what a woman is. And when, when we have to, we compare people to that prototype. Now, if I were to ask you to actually define that prototype and list out all of the characteristics that were necessary for someone to be a woman and that were sufficient for a person to be a woman, no one would be able to do it. They would try it at first. They, they, they would be vague and like, well, obviously they have two XX chromosomes, right? But they don't know the chromosomal makeup of anyone that they're actually talking about. They never, you don't go around checking people's chromosomal makeup. So they're just assuming this thing. And that's not a valid criteria for categorizing people is your assumptions, so you're actually basing this on some physical characteristics or some other assumed characteristics. And the value in the prototypes is that they should change over time, right? Like when you first, when your mother first points to a person and says, that's a woman, that, that's just some concept to you, woman. But when, she, when you see someone else, like a man, and you go, oh, well, that's a woman too. Then she goes, no, that's a man. So right there, you've got one, one prototype of woman and one prototype of man, and you know those are two different things. And as this happens more and more, you begin to separate those. And in your head, you more clearly define what things separate those different, those different groups and categories. And this is a helpful thing. You're supposed to continue expanding your understanding of prototypes and your ability to classify things and categorize things as you get older. The problem with conservatives is that they revert back to, quote, basic biology. And those earliest forms, those earliest prototypes that they got when they were five or six years old, and they turned their brains off and they stopped letting their brains evolve. 
That's that's the sad thing more than anything. But definitions can definitely change, even if you have to use definition to have a conversation. Uh, obviously, the word woman has changed since, you know, 100 years ago. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. But I'm not going to argue with you about definitions, man. If you want to do that, there's plenty of libertarians on Telegram we, and Matrix you can do that with. We went on way past that time that I cussed at him last time, so he got his call. It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you want to do that, that's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and it's Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to tonight's amplifier, if I can find the list real quick. It's one of these sheets of paper, that would be Ken Doyle. Ken Doyle is tonight's amplifier. That means that Ken is a member of the AMPS program. You can find that at amps.freetalklive.com. It means that Ken is supporting the show. So if you value the show, if you like the show, if you want to help it grow and show your support and all of that great stuff, join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash, well, it's amps.freetalklive.com. That will take you directly to our Patreon page. And there you can contribute as little as five bucks per month if you want to sign up. Or you can contribute more if you really want to, like Ken here has done. Ken is a platinum-level amplifier, which means that Ken is giving $25 per month to the AMPS program. And again, we don't ask that. And it does with the, come with a number of cool little perks. There is an AMP-only video that is coming soon. I finally got it all edited. Uh, all I was waiting for it to do earlier was like finish com- compiling, and then I got sidetracked by installing Skyrim mods, and I never actually came back to uploading it. But it's all finished, it's ready to be uploaded, and it's a reaction video with Bonnie and Nikki where they react to just just some crazy stuff. It's definitely worth listening to, but really, if you join the AMPS program, it should be because you value the show and you want to help show your support, amps.freetalklive.com. But occasionally, there are some cool little AMP-only perks, like the upcoming video that will ultimately also go to TikTok at some point. But it will be an app-only video for the foreseeable future. And who knows? I may forget to ever put the thing on TikTok. So it may only ever be apps only. But apps are certainly getting it first and exclusively at least for a few days or a week or so. Unless I forget about it again. These things happen. But thank you so much, Ken. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, who turned down... All of the advances from, I think, Bobby in Florida and oh. Ricky in Pennsylvania. Dude, it was weird. What, last night? Yeah. I need more information on this. <laughs> yeah. That's- yeah. I'm just not interested. You know, I'm 53 years old and, you know, I don't have time to be wasting on men. I'm just, I just don't care. I don't need a a lot of headache. I'm, I'm already living here with Richard. That's enough headache. I got my hands full just putting up with him. So that's enough. Yeah, fair enough. So, What's on your mind tonight, Sarah? Yeah, yeah so I'm just excited that actually we have uh, we got federal grant money to help uh, a course, which is the state highways going through Albuquerque, more pedestrian and bicycle <sighs> um, safe. So it's the thing that uh, you called in about this before, and it has a name, right, Sarah? What's the program's name? 
I think there 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 is no exact program because this is a new construction, like two miles of it, and they're supposed to narrow. It's like a three car lane. They're going to narrow it down to two lanes each, and they're going to reduce the speeding limit because oh. they're going to narrow the road, take out the lane, and put in a sidewalk and have a guarded bicycle lane. I don't know what that means. Why do you care about this? Sarah? I would hate that if I was driver there. Well, I mean, no, because they want a freeway either way. They want three car lanes. Why are they going to narrow it down to one or two Well, if they needed three lanes, they needed three lanes. They wouldn't build another lane if it wasn't needed. And the idea of, I've never heard of a downsizing of lanes of a road. And this idea is making me infinitely angry. Sarah, why are you excited about this? Well, because I I have to cross these streets. I have to walk on these sidewalks. You cross so the highway. No sidewalk. No, this is this is uh, um, this is just a um, like a speed limit of forty forty. It's a road that people have could cross. This okay. is not the interstate. Okay, but you but they, you but they, literally okay. cross this highway, this road, right? You cross this street. Uh, I don't live that way. I have I have so crossed no, the no. street before here and there, and it was ruthless. I mean, it's just. They think they're on the freeway. I don't know if it's a three-car lane each, and they're going to reduce it down to two. So, Sarah, this isn't going to affect your life at all, right? Yes, it does. But you don't yeah, you yes, don't cross does. this you don't cross this street. Well, I have crossed it many several times. Oh, when I was okay. Going, there was a Cottonwood Mall. How many uh, times in your then, life? How many times in the twenty-three years as a pedestrian in New Mexico do you think you've crossed this street? Course full of maybe about ten times or ten or twelve times, and it's only they're doing so one one every two years. And this excites and you don't live by that that. side of town anymore. So yeah, I I moved from uh, that side of the but but the whole. When was the last time that you crossed this street? Then, um. well, they're only doing two miles of it on top of okay, this. They're so, not doing the whole strip. I like, asked a really simple question. <laughs> when was the last time that you crossed this street? Maybe about six months ago. Okay. I, there's a mall close by. Okay, there's not as far mall. away as I would have expected. She moved in six months, though. Oh, did she? She oh. moved to a townhouse. Ah, uh, yeah. Sarah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I love how I'm we know to, all these details about Sarah's life. <laughs> I'm trying to understand why you care so much about this garbage like why okay why do i care about this well because the thing is it's okay so they don't want to do they don't want to get after driver behavior because like red light cameras if you penalize a driver but sarah you don't cross this say, street okay i over that way but i do go to the mall but the, it's the whole attitude if they start over here they might improve the roads out where i live she just hates uh drivers and smokers and people that do things she doesn't do sarah thank you so much for the call tonight enjoy your, enjoy your crosswalk or whatever the hell it is that you're so excited about i how boring does your life have to be for you to be like excited I'm so excited. About a crosswalk, right? Like, get a hobby, right? This is her hobby. That's a terrible hobby. If it's if it's actually what she described it as at first, and then she walked it back for some reason, that they're taking it from a three-lane highway to a two-lane highway to create sidewalks for more pedestrians and a bike lane, that's annoying. That's terrible. And I would be so annoyed if I lived there. 
Like, get a decent hobby. I was excited about the new Zelda game that released last month, and like I was looking forward to that. And but I didn't call nationally syndicated radio shows to talk about how excited I was. And I said, "What? What is wrong with you, Sarah? It's her job." <laughs> but it's not because you get paid for a job. It's it's her hobby, and I don't understand why it's her hobby. I, I don't understand the obsession. With being up in, just try getting a car. Maybe. 22 Sarah? years. Yeah, just try getting a car and living life as one of these driving people. Then her welfare wouldn't stretch as far. No, that's true. Well, it's not stretching as far these days anyway because she's getting like pre-made food and stuff like that with it, right? You can use it at the at the Burger King or whatever now. Hmm. That's what she said. It wasn't Burger but King. But she was excited she about that. No, I think it was like not Publix, Albertsons, right? Where she was like, you can get the pre-made sushi. Yeah, it was something like that. I don't remember that. It's like I'm a assuming, grocery store. Yeah. But let's get on with the phones. We have Ricky on the line from Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Sister Aria, Sister Bonnie, Sister Nikki. Good evening. You know, I, I got to say, I heard uh, Peakless Mountaineer said that he um, objects to you calling him brother. And I'll just have to put it on the record. I object to you calling me sister because I don't feel that we're in the same church and i object to it i would let mark or aria or nikki call me that i just don't really want anyone any old person calling me that and then having myself associated with your views okay first of all i do lean heavily to libertarian but also we are all brothers and sisters regardless of the fact that i've said it before to nikki whether creation evolution you know, or whatever way you want to look at spiritually, we're all brothers and sisters. Now, if you want to deny that, I think Brother Ian would disagree with you, but that's your choice there, Bob. Well, he you doesn't, he doesn't you know, me. tell me what to believe. I, I can't police your speech, but I'm just putting it on the record that I object to that. And I guess so I'll put it on the record that I don't, don't mind. So you don't believe we're all brothers and sisters, whether it be evolution or creation. That's you deny that. Maybe cousins. Mm, yeah, I mean, I do deny that. We're not all brothers and sisters. I actually have siblings. Well, I have brothers. So okay. I no, technically I we're not. In that sense, then. That's your choice, and I believe that we are. So I won't do that anymore in your case, Bonnie. So I hope you don't think I suck and you say my views. But you know what? I don't think you really understand me well enough. You know, I lean very hard to libertarian. I've been around for years. But that being said... I'm not going to get into it because I have a different topic. Than that. Okay. You know, so hopefully I would listen to more of my programs and not the, uh, how should I say? What is your topic tonight, Ricky? Preconceived notions. More what times when I call in, you know? Yeah, what is on your mind tonight? Uh, I'm sorry there, Sister Aria. If it's all right. Now, uh, I want to make a correction. I'm glad Sister Nikki's on tonight for this. Uh, and I just heard Sarah call in. I want to make a correction when Brother Ian, you know, talked to her last night. Now, I don't want to even bring this up because, like I said, I don't like to say things that alter my views or anything or the other. But a couple of things. One, one my age, not that it's that important. I'm turning 50 come December 25th. He said I was in my 50s. That's not that important. But what is important? People for years didn't know that I had vision problems, that I had RP. And I've spoke to you this before. And the thing is, he did say I'm partially blind. Well, I wish that was the case. I actually went totally blind a couple of years ago. You know? Yeah. 
And I think we yeah, were just making a joke about Sarah not having to do makeup and stuff. I, no, I, no, that was all that was about. Joke. He had actually said when he was describing me that I'm partially blind. And I can understand because for years they didn't even know I had vision problems. He never knew anything. Well, that's because we don't I know who you are. There's just someone who calls no, the show. And that's another thing about it. It's just like proof that Ian isn't like, you know, really obsessing about it. He just, you've told him it before. It's been a few weeks and he doesn't know every detail. Bonnie, what is your personal problem with me? Can you hang up on him? I didn't say anything that was giving him a personal problem. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into personal spats tonight, Ricky. No, if you want to know why I, I don't want you to call understand. me a... I don't... Sister, no, Ian, I explained it. He knows me very well. I mean, just for we, years. We, we don't know you. He literally said this like a week ago. It's a parasocial re- relationship. He doesn't know you very well. And thank you for the call tonight. It, it is absolutely a parasocial thing. And uh, Ian himself said this to you a week or two ago. It was, very, it was very recent. I was on the night that it happened where you said, well, you know me, brother Ian. And he's like, well, no, I actually don't know you. I realize why it feels that way in parasocial relationships that... One thing that I love about Free Talk Live is that like we seem to go out of our way to not have parasocial relationships. Like our quote, fans hate us. Right? Yeah. They're not looking at us and going, Oh my God, you guys are so great. Can I can I just come massage your feet or whatever? They 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 hate us, right? And whereas the people who are in uh, what's that guy's name? Tim Poole's Discord server or his Matrix chat. Every time he pops up to say something, they just fawn all over him because he, like most content creators, they they facilitate the creation of parasocial relationships. Maybe not intentionally. I don't know what he does intentionally, right? I know a lot of people on Twitch, a lot of the thoughts, the e-thoughts, they facilitate these things on purpose. I don't know about Tim Poole or whatever, but on Free Talk Live because you can contact us directly and we will talk to you and we'll talk back to you. That destroys that feeling of... It, it destroys the parasocial nature of it. And it makes it more like just a normal social relationship, yeah. especially for the tra- chat trolls. Like if you're on Tim Pool's server, you feel like you're talking to someone when he responds to you. But when I respond to you, you don't care, right? Yeah. It's, it's just Aria responding. Well, and I was just saying, you know, earlier during Sarah's call, like it's funny. We know so many details about Sarah's life. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's like the 23 years you've been a pedestrian in Albuquerque, but you know, it's a little specific and it's very much one sided. Like Ricky, you listen to the show. So you hear us for three hours a night every day. Assuming you listen every day. I don't think that he went off on peakless Mountaineer either. When peakless Mountaineer asked him about to do that, he's like, okay, I respect that. It's just like, for whatever reason, there are certain callers I won't name. But obviously, I'm talking about Ricky as one of them who just thinks everything I say to them is I'm just like slapping them in the face. And I didn't say anything rude. And it's annoying. It's just that they don't like me and I really don't care. And I don't like feed some weird like, oh, you're you're a amplifier. And I just have to be nice to you. Like, I really don't feel I have to. I feel like that's what the point of the show is. I say what I actually think and believe and you can do the same. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, right? And it does seem that certain callers specifically have an issue with the people on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. right? Like, like at one point, Ricky said that he was never going to call on Wednesday nights again because you oh, know, I forgot about that. Yeah, but I mean, he has since been calling again, and of course, there were several times where like we had the we cut off major pain once, like right when yep. he was dropping an mm-hmm. f bomb or something like. Yeah, for, that one got heated. Yeah, for whatever reason, some callers get really worked up 
at me, you, and Bonnie. I think I know exactly what the reason is because I've experienced this phenomenon in my entire life. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a very feminine woman. It's not like I'm not feminine, like I love like Hello Kitty and things like that. But you're assertive. But I am, I am assertive. And people, I, it's rubbed people the long, wrong way since I was a little kid. Like teachers will yep. be, I'll be like, why do the teachers not seem to like me? I just, you know, I had something to say and I said it and I can't understand why they just don't seem to like me. And it's just gone on and on from there to the point where like when I'm like when I was dating, I would spot someone that I just absolutely couldn't get along with right away. If I like if I could tell that they wanted a woman that was like just stupid, you know, or, or yeah, if or they meek. were if they were just way dumber than me. I couldn't be with them because I wouldn't be able to live with a idiot who is mansplaining to me. And I know yeah. they're wrong. And I think a lot of people are threatened and intimidated by like strong women who are oh. like willing to speak their mind and won't back down. And I think um, like maybe that's why a lot of people like push back on Bonnie because you are like a very like feminine woman but you are assertive and you will speak your mind unapologetically. And that well, is you. very threatening to a lot of people, specifically a lot of like older men don't like that. Yeah, a lot of the I times. agree with that. It's, a, it's an older man thing a lot of the time, too, because it's like they're absolutely not used to that. And it throws them off because I have like a super high pitched, shrieky voice. And then they just aren't it's expecting like, this. Like You're supposed to be sweet and nice, Bonnie. The other day. Yeah. Well, she is. Right. And that's what's so. That's what that's what I love so much about Bonnie is that she is sweet and nice, but when she's angry, man, I want to duck, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to say that I'm just uh, my point in saying all that wasn't just like, oh, I'm hardcore means people. No, you're not mean to people. I didn't mean to suggest. Oh you no, were. I didn't. I didn't think so either. I just wanted to point out that like, if a caller calls, it's not like it's my intention to just be mean to you. But if I disagree with you and that pisses you off, maybe you should think about. Why? I mean, like, I was straight up being mean to Brian, but you'd have to understand the history. Like, he, there was a whole last week or the week before or whatever where he called and he was being a total idiot. And we, I just don't find any um, value in actually having an actual conversation with yeah. this person. There's no need to sugarcoat it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And Ricky, it's important to keep in mind in regard to the parasocial relationship that, again, you know, you hear us for three hours a day, but we, we talk to you maybe three minutes a day. And that's if you call every day. And for a long stretch of my time on this show, you simply didn't call. So, like, it's very much one-sided where you hear from us a whole lot more than we hear from you. So it may feel more filial to refer to us as sisters and brothers and stuff because, you 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 know, we spend one-eighth of your day with mm -hmm. you. Well, and I, I think what he was saying was like everyone in the whole, right. like whether you know them or not, and I can get down with that. I don't mind if he calls me Sister Nikki. Like yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I can kind of whatever. I can vibe with that. But yeah, I don't. I also have understand an issue with it either. But I do also understand why Bonnie would have an issue with it right. because so. Right, as she points out, we don't know what his religious beliefs are, and brother yeah. and sister, they have that religious connotation. Yeah. It's like, hey, we are part of the same religious organization just, here. Well, I, I know think I like it because it reminds me of the Righteous Gemstones. I don't know if you guys have seen that show, but it's just a show making fun of like mega churches. Hmm. But I, I just I've heard of it. I don't know. It's just it like makes me giggle. So I think maybe that's why I like it. Well, let's keep going with the calls. We do have a caller on the line here. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I uh, I haven't listened in a while. 
and I uh, just started listening again. So, well, welcome back. I was wondering, yeah, what's what's the point of this show? Do you guys talk about liberty anymore? I mean, we do, and um, there's some dinging in the background. We are a current events show. We talk about what's happening in the world from a libertarian perspective. We're a call-in show. People call in and talk about whatever happens to be on their minds. And we just talk about things that we find interesting, things that we find fascinating. That's one of the beautiful things about having so many different rotating hosts is that each one brings their own topics that they're interested in to the show and we end up discussing those things and that's also the thing about taking so many calls is that you know the callers kind of direct the show a good deal like we'll have our show prep but some nights we don't even get to it because we're just answering calls so it's kind of just depending on what various people bring up and then we just go from there so but typically it is you know from a liberty freedom perspective at the very least is that all you were curious about um, do you guys ever talked about talk about how liberty can apply to your life as far as how you can make your life better by using liberty like all the time incorporating liberty into your life? Yeah, all the time. I mean, perhaps I, like I've been hearing I guess I've just been hearing a lot of bickering here lately and you know, I feel like we just need to try to tune out some of the personal things and try to figure out how we can talk about positive things about how liberty makes our life better. Are you referring to like the bickering, like the stuff with the Porcupine Freedom Festival and stuff like that that's going on? And yeah, Ma it's, Shura. Kind of yeah. Turn, it's kind of a turn off. When uh, okay, well, why don't you start your own liberty. show? Just question. Why don't you start your own show about liberty and talk about it in nothing else for three hours every single night? Well, I mean, I do a lot of other things besides that. So I think everybody has their own time to do different things, you know. Well, I understand that it comes off as bickering, but, like, we know these people. I know Dennis Pratt. I know Zephan. I know Mikey. These are all my friends, right? And my friends are – one of my friends is the organizer of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Another is an organizer over at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Another one, you know – sells stuff each year as a well-known vendor at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. These are our active known members, influential members well, the in the general, Liberty community. The person, and, the yeah. and they're arguing with one another. They're, they're fighting with one another. And this is a topic of interest to me. And I, I keep turning you down, man, because I'm trying to explain to you why we're talking about this thing. And you're, as usual, not letting me respond to your question. Yes, as usual. Yeah. Okay. So, but why don't you explain to other people what the problem is because it's a lot of personal things we literally did exactly that we did the other thing is the libertarian community in new hampshire is the premier of liberties we're the only ones doing anything that will matter ever and so what we're we're dealing with with the liberty community is absolutely relevant to anyone who's interested in liberty and if you don't get that it's because you're not here yeah thanks so much for the call tonight i mean people bicker and there's a lot of people here there's a lot of libertarians here doing stuff and these disagreements happen and they need to be resolved it's free talk live Free Talk Live, and there's still time if you want to get on the airwaves with us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Attention all freedom lovers. 
Do you think that people should have liberty and the right to govern themselves? Well, if you do, you don't want to miss Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's a conference coming up in Prague from October the 14th through the 15th. It's the best place to learn about free cities, which are self-governing territories that uphold individual rights and freedoms. Representatives from projects in the United States to Honduras, Germany, and other places will join to share updates on progress and explain why you should consider moving or joining a free city. Visit libertyinourlifetime.org to find out more and use code FTL for a 10% discount on tickets. Again, that's libertyinourlifetime.org and use code FTL for 10% off on tickets. libertyinourlifetime.org. That's in October in Prague. And one of the callers just, he brought up an interesting topic, right? Like, this is a call-in show where you can call in and talk about whatever you want. 603-283-6160. And he wanted to talk about... Our inability to talk about liberty things, I guess, or our lack of talking about inability things in favor of libertarian drama. And the libertarian drama is actually like critical to us here on the show because we know all of the people involved. And and maybe you don't care, but, but I suspect a lot of libertarians out there do, in fact, care about And every show's different. Thing. It's not like yeah. Free Talk Live is about Porkfest drama now from now on. No, really good points, but... If you want to talk about liberty, you can call in and do that. But we talked about other stuff. We talked about UFOs earlier. We talked about music. And then uh, Seven called to talk about Mikey. But we talk about a number of topics. To me, it would be dull to just have a show where all we do is talking about liberty. And this is how liberty matters to me. Like, Like it's an AA meeting where we're taking turns standing up and saying what liberty means to us or whatever. That's I'm not going to do that. That's not what the show is. And that to me is dull. I don't define myself by my political views, right? I, I'm a libertarian, yes, but that's not the focal point of my existence. I'm not a libertarian because I'm obsessed with liberty as an idea. I'm a libertarian because I want to be free to do what I want to do, which is why I'm okay with talking about music or video games or whatever because I'm not define. I don't define my entire personality by being a libertarian. There's a lot of libertarians that I can think of who all of their efforts, they don't seem to have any hobbies. They're like Sarah and how obsessed she is with pedestrians and vehicles. Well, imagine what would Sarah do if vehicles just vanished from the earth tomorrow and there were no more vehicles, right? Everyone was a pedestrian, then no one's a pedestrian. Right, and suddenly everyone's a, everyone's a pedestrian, no one's driving anywhere. This thing that has consumed Sarah and has defined, has occupied her brain for all of her waking hours for the last 20 years, is now completely meaningless. This is my concern with a lot of libertarians who are ultra fixated on the state, and all they want to do is talk about liberty and the government and why police are bad, because they, they, become, they come to need the government to continue to exist, because it's become something that defines them. Antagonism to the government is what defines them. If the government just goes away, then they can't, They can't talk about how bad the police are or how bad the IRS is or anything else because those things have gone away and they've got nothing left to fill in those gaps. Well, yeah, I've still got music and video games and a dog and cats and all kinds of stuff that I can use to fill in the gaps. And I think this is the value that Free Talk Live has by not being a show where you just call in and talk about liberty and what it means to you or whatever, right? Instead, we're... 
We have interests outside of libertarianism and outside of resisting the state, and we want to be free to pursue those things. The problem is that the state isn't letting us pursue those things. And I feel like a lot of the libertarians get lost and start becoming so focused on the state being in their way that they lose sight of the things they would other like why do you want liberty if all you ever do is bitch about how bad the cops are and how bad the irs is what are you going to do with your freedom because you're not doing anything with the relative freedom you have now except complain about cops and the irs so if those things cease to exist what do you have left what are you going to do then yeah great point i don't know many people that are i don't think they have anything else going on in their lives i mean i'm not saying you don't but i don't know many people like that specifically but i think i i get the opposite um like people accuse that me of this all the time that it's like all i talk about or whatever but the thing about it is when the government is actively trying to destroy your life and all you want to do is be doing anything else it kind of becomes a important focus in your life Certainly. And I mean, I'm about to go to prison for, you know, having a disagreement with the government about me trying to live my life. So I certainly get that. And it's true that everyone has some sort of interest that they do in their spare time or whatever. But I I fear that the role of libertarianism and resisting the government has become too big of a part of some people's lives. And that in the absence and that they're going to find that they're dependent on the state to exist to have any personality or hobbies or interests at all. It does kind of seem that a libertarian who doesn't live in New Hampshire would want a show about nothing but like, you know, the Tom Woods type show, like here's how liberty works, here's how uh, uh, Keynesian economics is wrong, that he would want that because it would fill in the gap of actually doing anything. Yeah, like right. he would feel like, oh, I'm doing something because I'm learning this. I, I, I got this like high of feeling so right right now. I think that's a great point because in our like everyday lives off of the show, like liberty is a huge piece of it living here in New Hampshire, you know? That's true. So it's like kind of like we're living what we're preaching. So sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to get on the show and I want to talk about metal and, you know, maybe Porkfest, which also kind of is a liberty thing to talk about because it's literally a freedom festival. Yeah. Like today when I was looking for show prep, I just wasn't really interested in any of the news. Like I brought in show prep and I really wasn't that interested in it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I go to the news because, you know, I got to do a show and I got to have stuff to talk about, but there is almost never interesting. I mean, it's always like Ron DeSantis this and yeah. Donald Trump that. Oh, it's going like, to get so dude, bad. I don't care. I mean, and a lot of the show prep I bring in is about health or yeah. like mental health or music because those are the things I'm interested in. And I think stuff like health is an important thing to talk about because I mean, that's an important aspect of freedom. Like yeah, exactly. your vessel, like having a healthy body, you can't do anything with freedom if you're sick and you're either like you know, you develop dementia or something where you can't use your brain or if you can't, you know, like move. And, you know, so it's to me like that's like step one, like the not the most important thing, but I think it's very important to be aware of certain things that might be affecting your health. So to me, like, I feel like that's an important thing to talk about. I'm sure a lot of other hosts on this show completely disagree with me because maybe they don't care about that. They'd rather talk about tech stuff or whatever else. But well, that's the beauty of Free Talk Live is that all the hosts have different things that they're interested in that they yeah. bring in to talk about. But you have a show, um, you have uh, an article tonight that is sort of at the nexus between music and health. 
mm-hmm. where like heavy metal helps people be less stressed. Yes. So let's get into that. Sure. Yes. So psychologist says that listening to heavy metal lessens stress and promotes thinking. A New York-based clinician, uh, oh, sorry, a New York-based clinical psychologist and therapist, Dr. Nicole Andrioli, has shared a clip explaining that that listening to heavy metal lessens stress, promotes critical thinking, and gives listeners a way to process anger, echoing research on metal music that has found as much. The doctor- I don't doubt any of that at all. Like One of my friends listens to pop, and she loves Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and she hates metal and rock and all the screaming. She's all like, why are they yelling at me? I'm like, they're not yelling at you. They're yelling with you. Right. <laughs> so, if you're angry, you get it. But Wait, if you're I, not, I guess you just don't get it. Yeah, and I don't know if this is specific to heavy metal. Like, if the loudness and just the intensity of it kind of just brings out more than other genres of music. But I would say this to any form of music that people enjoy. You know, if you're into pop music, like, that might be a better genre. Um, but that, I don't that know. That was the point I basically was going to make the same exact point. Like, I think any of those things could apply to the feelings I feel when I'm yeah. also just listening to pop music. But I don't, I mean, the article might get into, like, why it's specific to heavy metal. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Well, metal has this image with people of being angry and hostile yeah. and... <laughs> Some metal, maybe, but if you listen to most metal, it's usually pretty uplifting and positive. Like Marilyn also, Manson's lyrics are some of the yeah. most positive and uplifting things you can also, hear. Also, if you've <laughs> ever been to a metal show, people there, you know, and like they might look scary because they're wearing black and maybe, you know, they have a mohawk or whatever stereotypes people might get from what heavy metal listeners typically look like. Yeah. But those are like the nicest people You'll, you know, I, I've been to a lot of different like music festivals and like that some of the hippie festivals I went to, people are stealing and mm. and just that type of stuff. I typically don't see that at metal shows. Like typically it's like a really nice kind of wholesome type crowd. The only time I see, you know, bad behavior at metal shows and, you know, I'm not lying here, I'm not exaggerating. It's when, like, some redneck who likes metal is there, and they're, like, throwing beer cans down and crap like they're chugging down beers and then slamming it yeah. down. I see that, and it's always that particular type of guy who's mm-hmm. who's probably got a, a tattoo on his shaved head, and he has probably done a lot of meth that day, but I don't know, man. But he, he's definitely a redneck, and he's he's skinny and angry, and it's just... That type of person I've seen cause problems at metal shows, Mm -hmm. but usually, yeah, most people, they're just there to have a good time, man. And that something about that musical genre binds us all together, brings us all together. Absolutely. So the doctor's informative TikTok video has gone viral after she posted her explanation of as a stitch to another user's clip. See, I love TikTok, man. And I recently had someone on Twitter say, well, first of all, the person that you're quoting is a tiktok video so i'm discarding it out of hand i'm like yeah that dude that is such a boomer take yeah oh yeah oh no you see you got this from wikipedia (laughs) oh no i only accept britannica or whatever it's like you got this from a tiktok while you're getting all of your you know content from youtube and yeah or like a mass media or something Yeah. Like, come uh, on, and, man. And also, like, no matter what platform this person is posting on, she has a PhD. I don't always, I don't hold as much weight in like academia as like probably most other people do. But 
I would say most people like the most people would agree that I mean she's a practicing psychologist and she has a PhD. So why does the TikTok? Why is TikTok the hangup on it? You know, right. So the first video um, was from a girl who often shares antidotes relating to metal. In her video, she marvels on how she feels at total peace when listening to metal compared to other everyday activities such as being in public or at a store. I mean, that that checks out completely. As someone who, again, listens to metal for like 12 hours a day at minimum sometimes, it's it's when I feel normal, I guess, right? Like that's... If I could, I would have Bluetooth headphones in playing music like oh, yeah. right now. I mean, that that would be impossible. I wouldn't be able to carry on a conversation, yeah. I don't think. But, you know, the, just if I could walk around in public wearing Bluetooth headphones, listening to metal all the time, I absolutely would do it. Mm-hmm. So, doctor- I don't know. It's just like, it's interesting to me because like, I definitely, obviously, anytime we've talked about music on the show, I've said that I like pop the most, but then I get bored of it sometimes and listen to other genres. Anytime I listen to like rock and I want to like listen to any type of music that's like angry and I want to yell it or whatever, I don't feel at peace in that moment. I feel like adrenaline. I feel excited. I, I feel like it ex- it lifts me up and then like maybe that gets it out of me and I feel peaceful. But in the moment, I think it definitely like... Yeah. picks up my blood pressure. I wouldn't say that it makes me feel peaceful. Like, I, I learned a lot of uh, metal from listening to Mark Passio's uh, podcast called What on Earth is Happening. He has so many good intros and outros, and I was like, what is this? And I had to look it up. And I listen to that every now and then. Like, I don't have, like, really favorite bands, more like favorite songs. And I just don't feel, I don't agree. I don't think that I listen, while I'm listening to that, I feel peaceful. I feel like, yeah, F the system. Yeah, we there is to- a lot of that in metal too. Right, right? Like- and uh, that's what makes me so sad about pop. There's not enough of that in pop. Like you can find straight up like the government is lying to you. Those lyrics will be in a metal song. Oh yeah, I, I think was- it's just a different culture. When my supervisory officer, when she very first stopped by my house, I was listening to metal. Right, it's totally normal. Yeah, and she, she came in and she's like, "I love that song." I was listening to "Hell to the King" by Avenged Sevenfold, yeah. which like. It's not even subtle about it. It's like, yeah. hey, they, they've come to grant you your rights. Hell to the king. It's not subtle at all. It's yeah. totally anti-government. She's like, I love this. I'm like, you, why? When you, <laughs> yeah. your supervisory officer came to my house last and I was like, I'm going to kind of make nice with her and start talking to her because usually I just ignore her. I've never been mean to her. I just ignore her when right. she comes over here. I was like, I'm going to go talk to her and be nice. And I, after the, we, I was talking to her the whole time, I realized I was wearing a shirt that says, F you, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> and I really hope she didn't think I was trying to make some statement to her. That would be I, so annoying. You're yeah. like, this is just how I dress. That's but, just how I dress. So it's funny. I Which think is the from same... a metal song. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's metal. It's metal. Punk, but it is metal. one of those songs I like to listen to and yell yeah. the lyrics and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel at peace in that moment. I feel pumped up. That's the word I'm trying so to say. Just while we're kind of on this tangent, I was thinking the same thing. So there's this song Copperhead Road by Steve Early and it's a, it's a country song and in the song it's talking about like shooting down like feds from the sky. You know, it's like very like anti-establishment, wow. anti-state, like a cop hater like old song. old school kind of country? Yes. Like, like cop hater, like they're they're nice. cooking um, what, what is it? Not, not meth. <laughs> um, moonshine? Yeah, Moonshine. Oh, okay. It's about moonshiners, right? 
So I'm at a, a country bar and there are all these people wearing back the blue shirts are singing it and dancing yeah. to it. And I'm like, you guys are, are you listening to the lyrics? Like you're singing the lyrics, but are you hearing them? Because this is not a back the blue song. This is like the exact opposite. So I just thought sometimes it's ironic that people don't. It's like people don't even that. think things through anymore. They're yeah. just like, I like this and I like this. Those two things are opposing each other. Oh, I can't even compute what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So going back to the article, Dr. Andrioli says, I want to explain why this makes total sense. Listening to any type of music can be therapeutic and can allow for an emotional release. Heavy metal is no exception. Dr. Andrioli continues, heavy metal has been found to lessen negative emotions by reducing cortisol levels, which helps to lessen stress. Research has found that people who listen to heavy metal tend to think more logically and in more complex terms than those who don't listen to heavy metal. Heavy metal has been found to has been found to help the most with focus. Has anyone put forward a hypothesis as to why that would be? But it kind of checks out. I think like cuz yeah. some of my like smartest friends are like heavy metal, but then I also have very smart friends who hate metal. So right, I just, well, it's obviously not going to be a universal exactly, truism. but I'm just trying to like want like why, right? Yeah, like why would the above average intellect people drift toward metal? One thing uh, I can say about the focus is whenever on every Friday, Captain Kickass comes over and me Ian and uh, Captain play Magic the Gathering, and uh, usually he has his Bluetooth speaker and we listen to metal in the background. I can listen to that and play Magic the Gathering, which is a completely like intellectual game. You have to be strategizing yeah. and thinking what you're going to do. But w- one day he was like, here, Bonnie, you have the uh, aux cord, whatever. And when I was playing like my music that I like to play, I kept saying, I feel like I can't focus with this music as much as I could focus with your metal. Hmm. I-, I don't know if one, one thing yeah. could be that I know all those lyrics. So those lyrics are playing in my head. But then, then again, he's played so much metal that I know a lot of the words to those songs now too. So I, I don't know. There's something about it that like I can, I can have it in the background and I can't have pop music in the background. Let me interrupt you there because we have a caller on the line here and I'm pretty sure this is a, a special caller that I haven't heard from in a long time. Derek, you're, well, Derek was on Free Talk Live. You're welcome to call back there. Derek came up and I'm pretty sure I know who that was, but I wasn't really going to take his call tonight, but Derek, if you want, you can call back. I positive I hit the air button and not hold, so I guess he just hung up at the wrong time. It seems like it dropped before you clicked anything. Yeah. But anyway, Derek, uh, call back. And we have David Butt on the line from New Mexico. Mr. Butt, you're on Free Talk Live. Would you call me? Mr. Butt. What? I'm not Mr. Butt. I'm Major Payne in the butt. Okay. Well, that makes Butt your last name. Were you in yeah, the military? My, my, but my, 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 uh, my on-air personality, my, my stage name, my, my alter ego, my uh, live name, because it's not a dead name. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. The, the, the uh, Steve Earl, six degrees of separation. First of all, Steve Earl named his uh, kid Justin. Middle, he put his middle name as Towns for Towns Van Zant. And and my best friend when I lived in Wyoming, uh, his high school girlfriend married Towns Van Zant. So there's six degrees of separation for you. Oh hey, wasn't there a movie about that uh, about that metal thing? The metal being able to focus, concentrate. 
that had uh, Christian Bale. Oh, six degrees of separation. I'm in. Did you see me in a movie with Christian Bale? What is going on? I feel like schizophrenia might be like coming on. (laughs) I'm not even joking because it's like those three topics, and you just connected them all. And I don't know what you're talking about. To be honest, I'm not trying to be mean. You're right there, David. Connect anything to anything. No, I'm I'm in that uh, remake of 310 to Yuma with Christian Bale. I just remember that while I was telling you that story. Anyway, um, yeah, man. First, when when was that article written? The one you're reading. Um, I can check. Let me see. What do you ask, David? Because for I want to see if I should get an honorary PhD because for like five years I have uh, I get my music well actually more than that about ten years I get my music service from uh, YouTube Music and I actually made a, a, a playlist and there's I looked at it just now there's 102 songs in there and the playlist is labeled Music Rock Therapy and I have and I have that playlist for exactly that reason uh, is to uh, is basically to do therapy when you got to de stress. I don't think they're going to give you a PhD for that. So this, <laughs> so this article was written yesterday, and it's okay, from well, Loudwire, which is like a metal magazine slash website. Yeah, but David, you didn't put it on TikTok, and you're only publishing after the fact. So she's got you beat, man. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh man, what's her what's what's her name? Mrs. Butt. <laughs> no, 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 no. When I worked don't, at a hotel, don't don't dead, don't dead name Mr. Mrs. Butt, dude. What's the what's the writer's name? Um, the writer. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, Bonnie. I was going to say that when I worked at a hotel, I often had to check in this government worker man whose name, I don't even care. I'm going to say it. His name was Gordon Butt, B-U-T-T. And the first time I ever looked at it, I couldn't help but somewhat smile, which is super immature, but I was also 19. I just went, Mr. Butt? And I kind of went like, whoa, really? That's kind of like the face I made. And he was, he looked at me like so serious. He was like, yes, it's Butt. It's like, if you're that sensitive about it, just change your last name. It costs 50 bucks. Yeah, thank you so much for the call tonight, David. I'm pleased to hear that you do something to distress and unwind. You know, that's good. And and I'm glad to hear you're not still carrying a grudge from whatever was said five weeks ago or whatever it was. It was was in a good mood tonight. Yeah, good conversation about a a relevant on-topic. So thank you so much for the call tonight. Except whatever he started off saying, which I still don't understand. I have no idea what the hell that was. I'm going to have to, you know, listen to that again later and like, let's see if I can draw a map of what this guy is saying. And I suspect I'm not going to be able to because... I don't think David was ever in a movie with Christian Bell, and he kept saying. I couldn't tell if that was a joke, but I'm also like not a movie person. I think it was a joke too, but it wasn't funny, so that's why none of us got it. And that would check with every other joke that uh, David has ever told. That's true. You can like hear the tumbleweeds after David tells a joke, (laughs) and the the crickets and tumbleweeds, man, it's sad. But that was a good call. So thank you for that, David. So and continue doing that de-stressing thing. Yeah, whatever whatever that might be. Music has certainly had some... When I was struggling with the initial plea deal that I was offered, I listened to a lot of metal music, and I have to say a lot of that gave me the strength that I needed to tell these people no, right? It it energized me, and it backed me, and it. I don't know how to describe it, but the reason I would not have turned down that initial plea deal if not for metal music, if not for having that there saying, no, you know, stand your ground. Right. Because a lot of metal music is about standing ground and being proud of who you are and all this other crap. So metal music, definitely a positive influence in my life. Music in general. It's one of the quotes that I heard many years ago that I'm absolutely in love with is that art is how we decorate space. Music is how we decorate time. 
that I absolutely love that. And it's, I, it's beautiful, beautiful sentiment, right? I choose to spend as much of my time as I can listening to music, decorating my time. I think that we should probably all do that, but you should also listen to your libertarian hosts over at Free Talk Live. We're out of time for tonight, so you can join us in the meantime over on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com. If you're stick up Elon Musk and shadow bands, social.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.